deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, it's the 10th of December, mm-hmm. uh, which is starting to freak me out a little bit. Oh? I've not really thought about time much this year. Sure. But I, I, it's kind of all hitting me right now because that means my birthday is in... 12, 12 days. days. 12 days. Mm-hmm. Because because my birthday is so close to Christmas, it's like that's my one kind of like year marker. Sure. You know? Like I feel like I mean, maybe this is... Because I, I wouldn't know since my birthday and Christmas are so close. But, like, I imagine that, like, those are, like, the two... When you're a kid, those are, like, your two, like, markers of the year, right? Like, like oh, I'm at this point in the year. It's my birthday. It's seven months or six months in or whatever. And then Christmas is, like, all right, that's the end of the year. Uh-huh. And I think that my time, my, like, time scale... Because we talked last week about how, like, oh, time's been moving really fast for us. Mm-hmm. everything is coming to like a screeching halt for me all at once because mm. it's like oh that's that's coming right uh, and so it's all it's hitting me all at once that, that it's already december finally after being stuck inside for 11 months yeah it is it is december indeed i am very tired i don't like how dark outside it is right it gets dark early uh-huh. I, th- I think that has never bothered me until this year i think Oh, really? Like, I, 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 yeah, there's just something about knowing that, like, well, I could still go out and do stuff when it's dark. Mm. Uh, previously has made me, like, not really think about it that hard. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, if I'm sitting at my computer doing work or playing a video game and I, like, look outside and it's dark out already and it's only five o'clock, I kind of just feel like shit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I am always very affected by the cosmos, the environs. <laughs> so it's not, it's definitely not new for me, but I'm like, yeah. it's really dark and cold right now. It's high, affected by the cosmos. Are you talking about mm-hmm. the drink? Because cause those, mm. those can hit pretty hard for sure. That's true. That's true. But yeah, no, I... Uh... I I definitely am like noticing that it is dark at like four thirty and just going like Ugh. Uh, yeah. Ugh. It might be dark out by the time we finish the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's how fucked up it is right now. It is. Uh real 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 bad stuff. Um mm-hmm. how how are you holding up? How's how is this this final month? How's how's the last week treating you? Uh all good. Just just a little bit on the on the sleepy side, but mm. I can speak better. I know mm-hmm. la- last week I talked about how I had the the canker sore from hell. Um, oh I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm I am cured. I can open uh, my mouth like all the way on all sides. I'm not good. talking out of one side. Um, <laughs> so 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 improved for sure. Excellent. That's good. I mm-hmm. remember one time I I sent myself to hell. Mm. When I when I had like a canker sore, yeah, because I like opened my mouth real wide to like mm-hmm. try and take a look and see how bad it was or whatever, yeah, mm-hmm. and also gave myself lockjaw doing that. Uh oh, and so that was just like, why am why am I on this earth? What is right. my pur- what is my purpose? Why am I here? Am I just here to suffer? Yeah, you're making my mouth hurt this bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I I've I've never had a canker sore as bad as I had. 
uh, last week, so much so that I, I did go to the doctor for it because I mm-hmm. was concerned that there was something else wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't. So that's all good. But they that's did good. give they did give me that mouthwash that just that they like it's the same stuff they give to you at the dentist where you just like lose the feeling of your of your mouth. Like it's like I don't even know if my tongue is in my mouth anymore. Oh wow. I know. I've tried that. That sounds that honestly, that sounds like it could be kind of refreshing. It was it was um it was definitely fun. It was a, like, you know, an altered altered mouth state. Did you feel like clean? Did it feel like noticeable like damn, my mouth's clean after that? No, it's just in fact, oh. the stuff tastes pretty gross, oh. except you lose the taste immediately Ooh. but it isn't it's it's literal mouth void like you can't okay feel anything. you just can't feel the mouth at all correct okay because i'm like i i'm really i've talked on here before about how like uh, you asked me recently like are you a super taster mm, i did and that's been sticking in my brain a lot recently <laughs> because i like over the past year or so uh-huh. And like this, this is not a bad habit to get into by any means. Mm-hmm. But I have become a like, like obsessive toothbrusher. Oh, and, sure. Like, and like, I got like a tongue scraper, right? Just like mm-hmm. I, I hate waking up in the morning and having like, th- like the sleep taste in your mouth. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I just hate that so much. It makes me, fe- it makes me feel like a horrible like ogre, right? Sure. Uh, and I've been I've been chasing just like get getting rid of that horrible like morning mouth feeling mm-hmm. or like even like you know after dinner mouth feeling, uh, and and I w- my ears perked up when you said there there's this mouth blaster, mouthwash, yeah. but uh-huh. it's not it's not it sounds like it's not that. Well, no, I mean, but you wouldn't taste any. I mean, it's it is the okay. void. It is it's it is void. perfect oblivion. But it do is I not ha- a Do reset, I have a but... tongue? Do I have teeth? Do I have gums? <laughs> you you just don't know. It's like you will bite your tongue because you can't feel it. I see. You... Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like an anesthetic almost. It, it definitely it's not is, it's yeah. not cle- you don't feel cleansed you just feel <laughs> no. nothing i mean i guess that depends right because it's a philosophical can, question the void can be cleansing the, the <laughs> cleansing of the void of complete really oblivion here. yeah <laughs> oblivion is a form of cleansing so really it's totally kind of up to you <laughs> i don't think that would work for me I mean, it might because I don't know. what you're describing is that you're chasing something that is um, not achievable, right? Like you can't, you can't just like destroy every like every funky morning taste. Yeah, but you can destroy all feeling in your <laughs> mouth to create the perfect void. Oh God! Yeah, I just you know that. Did you ever? Uh, I, I don't know if they still make these. As a teen, I would always get those, like, the, like, uh, mouthwash strips, you know, that you, like, put on your tongue. That oh, melted. the, like, Listerine things? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Do they, the, like, do they still make those? Cause, like, I have I want, no idea. I want my, I want to wake up feeling like I've just put one of those in, you know? Mm. Like, like, that, that's a sensation that I enjoyed. It's like, damn, I can, I can feel how minty fresh I am. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, alas, I think I think you're probably right, and I I am chasing. I'm tilting at windmills here. Well, yeah, because I I feel like even you know very strong mints, the listerine strips, all of that. It's like, um, 
like they can they only go so far they only cover so much area and it makes you hyper aware when that is not the case so i think Mm -hmm. i think you might you might have created sort of a dilemma have i created my own monster here right am i like like too obsessed with like having a clean mouth and i'm like Mm -hmm. i've made the problem worse by going like well now now you're thinking too much about it right it's very possible but but i nonetheless i was intrigued by the mouth void idea is it because of the mask thing? Because that was my oh. my biggest mask problem was mm. that I was like could smell my own breath and like was hyper aware of my mouth. You know, I I didn't consider that, but mm. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that's maybe what has like made me start thinking about this a lot. Cause I definitely started like popping the old Altoids. Mm-hmm. Um you know brushing my teeth like a little bit more frequently just yeah. because I was like, ew, I don't want to like have to smell yeah, anything. Exactly. Yeah. I've been this like, like after I eat anything, I'm like, I got to go brush my teeth. Right. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's, I think that's a good point. I did not think about the mask thing, but that might be some subconscious, like I am, I am just becoming more aware of it than I ever have. Right. Right. Hmm. You know what's fucked up? They don't make those like fruity Altoids anymore. Those were so good. Those were so fucking good. You get the like the watermelon ones and like the the fruit punch ones. Those were incredible. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what good that's what like good breath smells like to me. It's like, it's like not mint. I want I want to smell like a fruit. That sounds great. Hmm. A refreshing, Interesting. A refreshing sweet fruit. That sounds. And it's really sort of like minty fruit. Yeah, yeah. It's got that kind of got like that menthol coldness to it uh, mm-hmm. uh but it's fruity yeah i was a big fan of those and then they took them away from me mm-hmm. anyway that was a real big diversion i'm yeah. sorry for every to everyone for uh, uh making you listen to us talk about our mouths for a little while they're like we're here for harry potter we're here we when love are, harry when potter are, when are they gonna talk about harry potter <laughs> when are they gonna Please. talk about <laughs> when are they gonna tell us about the boy wizard right the answer is now at the mm-hmm. at the 10 let's see i put 25 seconds onto the episode for the uh theme song this i'm doing math on the floor why am i doing there's uh, no ar- reason 11 minutes in 10 11 minute mark is when we are going to tell you the the listener our esteemed audience Mm-hmm. About all the news that's fit to print about our favorite boy wizard, Harry Potter. Um, J.K. Rowling gave an interview this week. Yeah. And it was to Good Housekeeping magazine. <laughs> Why Good Housekeeping? I've been I've been thinking about this. Where where did that connection come from? I I I don't know. I've I've got nothing. It's it's really weird because I I saw this and I assumed, oh, I didn't realize that Good Housekeeping was a still around. I've just like never, uh, uh, never thought about it. Um, and B, I was like, oh, I guess it sort of makes sense though that like maybe Good Housekeeping has like a more, I guess, conservative readership, right? That would be. Uh, you know capital c concerned about gender issues because that's what the interview is seems to be about or at least touches on quite i a just bit. thought they printed like recipes and stuff i thought they were right. knockoff like like 
like knockoff Martha Stewart magazine. I yeah, thought it I've... was just like recipes and mm-hmm. like maybe they'd be like top 10 ways to uh, celebrate Christmas when you can't see your family or, or like whatever, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And and I got more confused when I went to Good Housekeeping's website to see if I could find it. Because the thing is, it's, it's assuming it is from the print edition of the magazine. Mm-hmm. And they they don't have it on their website. Um, it's, it's, it's not even mentioned anywhere. Right. They're not even advertising it. Like, like if you're really, if you're really here in 2020 trying to make print media work still, like really putting your hard hitting celebrity interview in your physical magazine, you'd think that you would still like advertise it on your website. Yeah. And, but I was, I was baffled too, because the content of the interview, which I, uh, was also to be clear only, I only found out about this because of like, Daily Mail and National Review articles about it, which are right. like, uh, you know, in support of her. Um, that seems to be like the only coverage. I guess Pink News, which is more of like a media watchdog type website, yeah, uh, uh, also covered it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, uh, uh, "I've had a huge post bag since letting up uh, speaking up on this issue, and more than ninety percent of the letters and emails have been supportive." My correspondents have included medical staff, social workers, prison workers, workers in women's refuges, and members of the LGBT community, including trans people. Many are afraid to speak up because they fear for their jobs and even their safety. This climate of fear serves nobody, least of what, least of all trans people. Uh, I believe everybody should be free to live a life that is authentic to them and that they should be safe to do so. I also believe that we need a more nuanced conversation around women's rights and around the huge increase in numbers of girls and young women who are seeking to transition. I just don't know why, like, I'm not surprised that someone would give her just, like, a platform to just, like, say the same shit she keeps saying over mm-hmm. and over again, but I'm just mm-hmm. like, why is it good housekeeping? Yeah, like, why what? is it good housekeeping? Especially when, like I said, I went to their website, and you go to goodhousekeeping.com, and you like look at what they have, and it's like all just like I, I would say like fluff, positive mental attitude, uh, uh, like vaguely LGBT plus like article support, like like you know what I mean, right? Like it's bustle. It's it's every one of these websites. Yeah, it's it's more ad than anything else. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's trying to sell stuff to people who who are like more liberal Mm -hmm. um and i then discovered (laughs) that if you go to the sidebar because i was like wait wait a minute this is like the uk magazine maybe it's a different company no it is not it is apparently the same company but if you go to um uh the uh sidebar of the website and scroll all the way down they have a little bar it is right above a big button that says do not sell my personal information which i guess i guess i have to press to make sure they don't and uh, they will otherwise but if you right above that there's a switch that you can you can change to uk Mm -hmm. good housekeeping uk is like the same magazine but with fewer of those articles (laughs) yeah so I mean, if if that's not, like, an indictment of how, like, media companies work, I don't know what is. But it's also on there, they still do not have anything about J.K. Rowling. It is just, instead of, like, 
instead of like a list of like here's the most inclusive films of 2020 they've replaced that with like here's the softest towel of december or whatever (laughs) how to have an ethical christmas uh but no no jk rowling stuff what's an ethical christmas the most ethical christmas i'm assuming they're like don't don't go to a restaurant idiot um which is you know fine by me but uh I just think ethical is a weird ethical. A weird word yes, to use there is there. no ethical Christmas under <laughs> under <laughs> capitalism or whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's it's like completely missing. And so, if anyone, we have a lot of UK listeners. If any of you have like, I don't know, could you if you could pop on down to the news agents, perhaps, and and let us know what the full article is, or at least take a picture of it or something. That would be fantastic, because, um, wait, I can't find it. I can only find, uh, quotes from... It also just seems to be the same quote. Like, I'm picturing, like, a half a page, like, little blurb, and it's just this, like, this quote of her talking about this cartoon mailbag that she received. Yeah, which is very funny. I love this idea that, like... Cause, cause this is this is like an old timey lie that you would tell in the time where like letters were how people communicated. Mm-hmm. You know, like like if 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 you were like some eighteen hundreds guy, and and you you were contra- a controversial figure because you wanted to open a new like uh, uh, orphanage slash coal mine, right. And you're like, well, well, you see, I, uh, I've actually received tons of letters that are in support in support of my coal mine idea, <laughs> and like no one could, you know, you know, no one could really say anything because it's like, well, I guess, I, I guess, you know, he's got the letters. That's how. That's how. That is that 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 do be how people express their opinion here in the 1800s. But like, if you're J.K. Rowling, like I, you can go to her Twitter and see what the messages she gets are, and they're not in support really i mean some they're of them very are. confused um but they're yelling at her there's definitely you know there's definitely some people on on turf twitter that are a big fan of, of hers but like i, I this this claim that 90 I, i'm getting so many letters and they're just out of frame and 90 percent of them uh, are actually from uh, trans people who agree that they should be oppressed by me is uh, v- a very funny lie if she is receiving um letters they are all from Johnny Depp stands uh, as, <laughs> asking her to explain herself with a um with a URL to a YouTube video that they made. <laughs> they all contain a white powder, uh, right? Yeah, the Johnny Depp stuff has gotten out of control. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is our segue into our next news story, mm-hmm. which is that Hollywood, the Hollywood Reporter, um, has released a a, a big kind of expose on like the fallout of Johnny Depp being fired from Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, and the, the kind of aftermath of this big case. Um, it's very interesting. I would say that you, if you are like interested in, in, in this story at all, this is one of the like most interesting uh, pieces on it that I've read so far. Um, it goes into a lot of what I was talking about last week about how like so much of this was an unforced error on Johnny Depp's part in terms of like suing uh, right. uh, the, the, the son, right? Of just like, yeah. like how how the legal battle became like the the big part of or you know the big deal in this in this discourse um mm-hmm. but there's a particular tidbit in here that was i i think that we had sort of gotten some like bits and pieces of that i have not seen written about this concisely about 
um, uh, his time on the second uh, uh, Fantastic Beast movie um, and his appearance at Comic-Con that we've sort of clowned on a bunch. Oh, yeah. The fact that 20th Century Fox and Warner Brothers continue to work with Depp on Murder on the Orient Express and a Fantastic Beast sequel, respectively, in the wake of Heard's allegations became public in May 2016, raised eyebrows around Hollywood. The Warner's case was particularly baffling. At Comic-Con 2018, the studio brought Depp on stage in costume as the eponymous villain at the end of the Crimes of Grindelwald segment. The fans weren't the only ones surprised. Sources say Amber Heard, who also appeared on stage as part of Warner's presentation on the same day for Aquaman, was blindsided. Despite Heard having once filed a restraining order against Depp, marketing chief Blair Rich approved Depp's inclusion, say sources. Backstage, tensions erupted between Depp and Rich, according to eyewitnesses, and Rich later complained to colleagues that Depp spoke to her in a menacing manner. Uh, wow. Uh, nevertheless, Warners, then headed up by CEO Kevin Sujihara, brought Depp back for a third outing in a move approved by creator J.K. Rowling and gave him a pay-or-play contract that did not contain a morality clause. As a result, the studio was stuck paying his entire $16 million payday for the film, even after firing him in the wake of the UK verdict. He had only <laughs> shot one scene. What a mess. What a fucking mess. I So we knew about the... Um, Obviously about like Amber Heard being there the same day for the same same like presentation. Right. Um, but this thing about uh the marketing chief approving uh uh this appearance and then complaining that uh Johnny Depp got in her face about it is new, I think. And that is mm -hmm. whoo, that is enlightening. Just um, for just no reason. No reason for any of this. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot in here. Um, uh, there's there's some more stuff about like specific. I mean, the, the earpiece comes up in this. The infamous uh, uh, um, Johnny Depp dialogue earpiece. I forgot about that. Uh, some other lawsuits that have come to light of like uh, extras and um, you know grips workers on films suing Johnny Depp because he punched them while they were filming or something. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite part of this whole article is the opening paragraph. Which uh, uh, mentions something that was kind of going around that I had forgotten about, um, which was that uh, right after he got fired from Fantastic Beasts three, he like he like released that uh, uh, like that like apology iPhone notes thing that was like I will be receiving an award at an indie film festival or whatever. Uh -huh. Uh, on November 21st, the embattled star was poised to receive a career honor during the 28th Ener uh, Energia Camera Image Cinematography Gala and had agreed to appear remotely from the United States with his virtual presence touted in the press. As an added seal of approval at a needed moment, the festival scheduled his latest film, the low-budget period drama Minamata, uh, as its closing night offering. But after a montage of clips showcasing Depth's, quote, unique visual sensitivity the 57 year old actor failed to materialize on screen instead he had sent along a bizarre picture of himself open shirted with platinum blonde hair peeking out from under a pair of colorful scarves inexplicably he appeared to be standing behind bars in a caribbean prison huh 
resembling a carefree swashbuckler serving time for a crime that he didn't doesn't quite take seriously. Minamata, featuring Depp as a real-life war photographer, never screened. MGM, the film's distributor, removed it during the seven-day festival, citing piracy concerns. Hmm. Really weird stuff. Very odd. Um... Yeah, I, I would say if you're interested in this whole story, uh, definitely, definitely check this Hollywood Reporter article out. But that is a little, you know, a, a little more light on what the fuck was going on when they had him come on stage to give that bizarre speech. Just a disaster. Absolutely, so poorly error. conceived. And yeah. Like, for what? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the what the plan was or who they thought that was for. I guess it's just the Johnny Depp stands. I I just that is such a small contingent. Um, and this article does go into this actually about like how he has an incredibly dedicated fan base that seems to actually be really small. Um, um, but they're just very loud. Um, and what movies are they watching? Like, are they just watching like the pirates movies over and over again? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what if if you're a Johnny Depp stan? If you're one of the like tried and true. Uh, 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 diehards for for Johnny Depp. Are you watching those, or are you like, are you watching his like more indie stuff? Are you watching Dead Man over and over again? Are you watching uh, 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 Fear and Lies? Are you watching or uh, Fear and Loathing? Are you are you watching Rango? Are they gonna watch Puffins? Because there was that. He's, that's <laughs> the other thing is that the uh, the other movie that he's next scheduled to be in is like a straight to children's streaming services five minute cartoon called puffins yeah and it's like he got a character in that written specifically for him that appears to be a captain jack sparrow puffin it's a it's a pirate puffin or something yeah i'm very excited to see what they what you know what what they can uh cook up with with this fantastic actor in the puffins cartoon Right. Are the yeah, I just I don't know. I, I I guess that if you are dedicated to an actor to that degree, it doesn't really matter what he's in, you just want to see him. Um but uh I don't know if seeing him as a puffin is really gonna sway anyone. Yeah, I just I just don't understand the mindset, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um trying to um think about like how I like to watch all the Benedict Cumberbatch movies because he makes me laugh. <laughs> There was that Eddie Redmayne movie that came out after Fantastic Beasts where, like, the entire thing was shot in a hot air balloon. Yeah, it looked like it was a movie that was, like, like transplanted from <laughs> 2004 is, like, when I want that movie to come out. <laughs> I, I don't even know what about it, but just, like, it feels like it came out at the wrong time. It, to me, it felt like a 30 Rock gag or something. <laughs> But it was like, I, I saw that at the time, and whenever I see Eddie Redmayne or, like, any Fantastic Beast stuff now, I think about it, because, like, to me, that is, like, the kind of movie where you get an actor who will drive a lot of, like, stands to the box office, mm-hmm. even if it's, like, a small movie. It's like, I, right. we, we've got our big get, like, this movie that you mentioned in the Hollywood Report article, Minamata, with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, 
I'm like, who who is the <laughs> who is the Eddie Redmayne version of this? Like, is no there one. is there no. the Eddie Redmayne like, oh my my favorite actor Eddie Redmayne from Fantastic Beasts is in the hot air balloon movie? The only way that that goes is like a teenager watches Fantastic Beasts is like a Harry Potter fan and becomes like a Fantastic Beasts stan, but yeah. then like has a crush on Newt Scamander for some reason. We know there are Fantastic Beasts stands. They just have their own. I, they're not like actor stands, I don't think. And if they are, they're Johnny mm-hmm. Depp stands. Right. Right. Like that's the crossover. There are definitely Johnny Depp stands who are also Fantastic Beasts stands. But like the Fantastic I think the like the the crossover is that the Fantastic Beasts community, which has like been feuding with like MuggleNet and stuff, um, <laughs> and like the Harry Potter subreddit. Mm-hmm. I think those people aren't Johnny Depp stands so much as they are stands for anyone related to Fantastic Beasts. You know what I mean? It's like it's like new Wizarding World stands. Yes, yeah. It's like it's like a new a new breed of of, of Wizarding World. A new yeah, a new fork of Wizarding World fandom that is just because, for the new movies. Like honestly, Harry Potter fans as a whole don't necessarily like Fantastic Beasts, Mm-mm. and they're and like typically on the main Harry Potter subreddit when Crimes of Grindelwald comes up. Most of the comments from Harry Potter fans that hang out on the subreddit are like, yeah, that movie wasn't very good. Because yeah, it's not it what they want. The lore. Right. Yeah, they want the Marauders TV show, or they want, like, HBO to make a season out of every book, and for it to be very dark, right? Like, yeah, so, so, like, the Fantastic Beasts fans feel like a completely separate, like, extracted community. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah, and so there's, like, this weird, there's, like, this weird daisy chain of, like, Harry Potter fans to Fantastic Beast stands, and then the Fantastic Beast stands and the Johnny Depp stands sort of have this uneasy alliance, I think. Um, but like, as far as like people being loud about Harry Potter online, mm-hmm. it's them. Yeah. Uh, and that is a weird state, I guess, for 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 that that group to be in. <laughs> Speaking of J.K. Rowling emerging from her, like, cave, uh, she tweeted, finally. Um, yeah. And it is about how good of a leader you are if you're one of the guys who says, hit me with, hit me up with the, the coronavirus injection. Yeah. It's like a quote tweet of that other, th- like, the Bill Clinton and George W. Bush and Obama getting the vaccine. And it's yeah. Like, wow, what good leaders. What 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 great guys those are! Actually, mm-hmm. it's, it's even funnier because it is it is not the picture of them like getting together to talk about that from recently. It's a video from like 2008 because H W Bush is there. Oh, is he? Yeah, it's like H W Bush, Obama, G W, Bill Clinton, and Jimmy Carter. It looks like. So it's it's not it's it's an ancient video that they've got. Just a here. group of stand up guys. <laughs> Just some a good group. some good people. The, like when you think about the good people, those those are the guys you think <laughs> those of. Those are them. A rogues gallery of great presidents. <laughs> but she said, all of the great leaders have one characteristic in common. It was the willingness to confront unequivocally the major anxiety of their people in their time. This, and not much else, is the essence of leadership. John Kenneth Galbraith. First of all, 
very interesting quote for the <laughs> book we are reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, anything that we have said about these books being about great man theory is encapsulated in this tweet for sure. Mm-hmm. But what do you make of John Kenneth Galbraith as the quote uh, uh, originator here? Yeah, I'm assuming that there are, um, are like a million versions of this tweet. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming every blue check on the platform made this tweet, right? Uh-huh. Well, John <laughs> Kenneth Galbraith is like the er blue check. You mm-hmm. look at you look at that guy's career, and that <laughs> uh-huh. guy was a blue check before blue checks existed. Right. So it's an interesting choice, isn't it? It's an interesting choice, but I'm 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 like in conspiracy mode about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It because she is surely seen, and in fact, I think she already like like kind of like hinted at like the whole oh she named him after a um a conversion therapy guy conspiracy theory, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I think that that is truly what she did, right? Uh huh. But like, it's weird that it, it, it it's weird. I don't know. I I I look at this and I'm like, is this supposed to be like a shot across the? Is this like a uh, uh um meant to dredge that up? Is she saying like, look, I was named after this guy, or is it entirely a coincidence? I find it very difficult to believe it was not selected at least somewhat with some intent you know yeah i i'm my best guess is that she's like look people are named this yeah yeah right yeah the, the the whole thing um i when i originally encountered the conspiracy i know i've said this before on the show i was like no way this is just a coincidence like mm-hmm. i think she's horrible um and very bad and like materially hurting people but i don't i do not think that she named herself after the conversion therapy guy mm-hmm. uh, but then her explanation wait made me like way more suspicious right than I yeah was her, to, to begin with i was like wait a second her defense against it was like even more ridiculous or like, right yeah I, I i i can't remember off the top of my head but i remember when that happened and being like well i don't know if i believe the first thing but also i definitely don't believe what she's saying here <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird, that's a, that's a very weird, um, uh, whole thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I guess, I guess I'm glad that she is emerged to give an interview to Good Housekeeping and to remind us all of what the Harry Potter books are really about, which is Winston Churchill. Yes. Anyway, that is our news. How about we get into our chapter for this week? Yeah, let's do it. Um, it's another short one this week. Yeah. Um, short-ish? I don't know if it really was in, like, word count, but it felt very short to me. Um, this is chapter 28. It's called The Missing Mirror. Um, as we remember from last week, uh, they are charging directly into danger. Harry was not allowing Hermione to create any sort of plan or delay. They needed to get to Hogwarts right away, so they basically put the cloak on them and then apparated uh, to Hogwarts, or rather to Hogsmeade, um, where as they arrive, um, it triggers an alarm that goes off and basically summons a bunch of Death Eaters right away, um, and and definitely more than they could ever fight off. Um, the Death Eaters Im- immediately try to, like, Accio the cloak, and it doesn't work. Um, and what happens is there's sort of, like, a weird semi like chase scene where Harry, Ron and Hermione are like sort of dodging through like the back alleys and stuff. 
um, and, and around the buildings in Hogsmeade to just try to put distance between them and the Death Eaters that are tracking them. Um, the Death Eaters get this uh, get a bright idea, which is to summon some um, uh, Dementors, uh, because the Dementors will flush them out. Obviously, don't need to see them if if they're invisible or or, or what have you. And Harry will be forced to. Uh, do a Patronus to send them away and they'll be able to track him that way. Um, they do try to disapparate away. It doesn't work. The Death Eaters have put like an anti, or rather like maybe when the alarm went off, there's a, there's a spell that makes it so you can't disapparate out of Hogsmeade again. Um, Harry does end up having his hand forced and does have to cast a Patronus that um, uh, chases all the Dementors away. And of course the Death Eaters are like, that's the stag. That's him. Um, and right when they're about to catch him, um, somebody from, uh, one of the buildings and, and it, I don't, I don't really know when it's revealed, but it's the hog's head, like pulls Harry, he's like, Harry Potter, come inside and, and hides Harry, Ron and Hermione. Um, the man who did that stands at the door and, uh, basically tricks the, uh, Death Eaters and says that, um, the Patronus they saw was his and he cast his Patronus. It's a goat. And, um. And and was saying that he set off the alarm by letting his cat out uh, and uh, yells at them. And, and we get a little bit of um, uh, information that I, I guess, like, because it's like the seedy bar, the Death Eaters, like, hang out there. So he's like, I'm not going to let you uh, do your, like, side business in my bar. Leave me alone, blah, blah, blah. So so that works. And they, they eventually leave. Um, and Harry looks around uh, where they are. Um, he sees that. Um, the, the man who helped them has bright blue eyes and he's got a mirror on his mantle. And also there's a portrait of a young girl, uh, above the, above the mantle. Um, and he's like, you're Aberforth, aren't you? You're the one who, who was the eyeball in the mirror. You sent Dobby. Dobby's dead. Uh, and it's all, it's all confirmed. It's Aberforth Dumbledore. Um, and who immediately basically tries to get them to leave. He's like, okay, now that you're safe, you have to go into hiding, leave the country. Uh, this is, this is stupid. What are you doing here? Um, and they explain that they have to go to Hogwarts and he says, you know, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. It's stupid. And, and basically we get the idea that he has this sort of built up resentment, um, about Dumbledore, uh, and thinks that he used people. Like, of course you guys have a job from Dumbledore. Everyone that Dumbledore tries to help ends up dead. Um, you need to get out of here. The order's finished. Voldemort's won. Enough. Um, Hermione cuts in to be like, is that your sister, Ariana? Um, and then we get the story about Ariana um, in very basic summary. Uh, Ariana uh, did uncontrollable magic accidentally in, in, in front of some muggles, like some muggle boys who did something bad to her that we don't really know what it is, but it, it traumatized her or maybe... Uh, like it gave her some other damage. It's very vague. Um, and she remained out of control of her magic, um, and was disabled in some way, um, after that forever and had to be taken care of, but was like somewhat dangerous. Um, at, at, I feel like I'm missing something. I think she killed her mom accidentally and it's all very sad. And, and Aberforth felt like Dumbledore, um, thought she was a burden. Eventually the three-way duel between Grindelwald and, Aberforth and Dumbledore happens and Ariana is killed in a tragic accident. Um, and Dumbledore never cared and, and was just happy to be gone with this burden. Harry's like, no, actually his dying words was that he was sad that she died. Um, 
also, I'm putting my faith in him. I'm going to do the job that he gave me. I don't care if I die. Aberforth says, okay, um, well, if you say you don't care if you die, then I will, I will help you get into Hogwarts. And he talks to the portrait of Ariana that turns and walks not out of frame like normal portraits, but walks away from the camera of the picture um, and down a tunnel um, and it's secret passageway to Hogwarts. And who emerges back through the tunnel is a very beat up looking Neville Longbottom. That is the end of the chapter. This chapter tricked me. Yeah. I read this for the first time a few days ago and mm-hmm. my initial response for like mm, let's give it like eight hours sure was damn i'm glad we have a good chapter to talk about this mm. week i was mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised by this and then the more i thought about it and then when i went back to, to reread it before we talked about it yesterday i kind of had like this big come down of like wait a minute this chapter is a big ruse um because it is it 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 is touching on some of the most interesting themes of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But uh number one, obviously, Harry Potter is the savior and is right in this chapter, and and, and a chapter that I otherwise appreciated for being one where the protagonist had someone disagree with him for once. Mm-hmm. Um but also uh, there is like a a core question in this chapter that is very interesting, which is that like, is d- did Dumbledore actually care about you? Yeah, and that is such an interesting raw question for the book to ask <laughs> that it deftly plays a little game of of uh, of three card money with. Mm-hmm. And then answers a completely different question, which is, uh, I need to get to Hogwarts. Yeah. It's a trick. This whole chapter is a is a big uh, a, a big lie. I think that there is some interesting stuff in here. Yeah, definitely. It's certainly the most interesting that the one of the, a chapter has been for a long time in this book. And and it does play with some of the interesting stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Or it approaches that. I wish it could. <laughs> yeah. I wish it could take it further. Yes. I, I and I wish it was more interested in what it was trying to say. Yes. Because I'm not really sure what that is. Right. Right. Um. It kind of. Yeah. I think the. It is sort of playing a shell game with us. Mm-hmm. It feel. It definitely feels that way. Because. Mm-hmm. Because. I mean, this this is skipping ahead and, and kind of just speaking of the chapter in sort of like broad terms. But, like, this is a chapter where Harry t- faces his most, I would say, like, um, challenging test of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the, the tester, the, the, um, you know, the, the obstacle here is Aberforth. Mm-hmm. And Aberforth's story and the things he has to say about Dumbledore are, like, correct and i don't mean correct in terms of like i agree with them but i mean correct in the sense that like they are the right things from the perspective of storytelling to have a character bring up to our protagonist to have the story be about right like mm-hmm. it is it is identify it is this 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 is the chapter where 
a lot of the things that we have observed about Dumbledore as a character, um, a lot of the things we wished Dumbledore could have been as a character, are being directly addressed by the story, finally. Mm-hmm. And that is very satisfying to read, and it did trick me, right? But, like, even even though I don't think it answers the questions, interestingly, I am still thrilled that they got brought up somehow. Um, that being said, it all falls apart when you realize that Aberforth was more or less invented not just for this scene, but invented for this tragedy that this book is about. And so this is not a character um, having a conversation with Harry. This is a, like, personification of questions people have had about the series and about Dumbledore (laughs) having this very perfunctory conversation with Harry and then moving on. Right. This is a character who was invented to have a conversation with the audience. Yeah, but but it doesn't really answer the questions no. that the audience is having in any way that feels satisfying. No, it can't. I mean, because it can't because because that's not what this this series is about, right? Like that that is the ultimate. An- I mean, like honestly, in a fairly interesting way, it still arrives at a very interesting answer. Mm-hmm. of what J.K. Rowling wants this book to be about and what J.K. Rowling th- thinks Harry Potter is about and what J.K. Rowling's worldview is, right? Like, it's it's close, but it's missing the part where, like, it's a compelling story built around <laughs> that idea, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about this a lot before, but, like, there are plenty of stories that are, like, not stories that share our worldview that are still fantastic stories, right? That feel mm-hmm. crafted to be about said worldview yeah narnia is the easy go-to right sure neither of us are are like militant christians but those are interesting books and they are well written and they are constructed in a way that like has characters who personify and and uh embody questions of faith uh, mm-hmm. and, and questions of, like, the modern condition and stuff. You don't have to agree with C.S. Lewis's conclusions on those things, right? But, like, the stories build and, and uh, 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 is, like, more or less resolve in, in, in ways where you're like, yes, that is a full story. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, it's like, I am thrilled that there's a character here pointing out that, like, damn, everyone who ever thought that Dumbledore loved them got used by him. Right. But this is not a character who we can look at and say, well, you're right. And I know because I'm realizing that your interactions with him have led you to believe this or whatever. It's just all being dumped on us in this chapter. Mm hmm. I'm I'm not the the book does not do a good enough job, I don't think. And, And this is like a hard thing to really nail down because it really is just a feeling. But it doesn't it doesn't. I don't care about Dumbledore's backstory. I don't think that it, I don't (laughs) think it sold me on that. No. No. Well, because, because not only is Aberforth an invented character, right? And and of course all characters are invented, but I mean, purely as a function for like this um, chapter, right? Mm -hmm. But like, so is Grindelwald and to a degree, so is young Dumbledore. Right. These are not characters that we are watching um, get caught up in tragic events and making bad decisions and seeing the consequences of those decisions. 
these are uh, two characters who might as well not exist in the story, which are Mm -hmm. uh, Grindelwald and Ariana. Um, They are functions. Uh, uh, They are um, objects in the story. Uh, Aberforth, who, you know, is a character, walking, talking character who gets some dialogue, but is, is also mostly there as an obstacle for Harry, Mm -hmm. uh, and as a, um, deus ex machina for solving the Hogsmeade problem, which is very funny. Right. Um, and then Dumbledore, who is a character, but we have only seen him at age 150 or whatever, and not age 20 or whatever he was when this story takes place. Um, and so we kind of just have to take Aberforth at his word, like, uh, uh, that, like, this is what Dumbledore was like. We are not experiencing these tragedies. We are just being told about a tragedy a hundred years after the fact, um, that no one in the story can do anything about. No one is really interested in, like, exploring and and nobody is affected by other than this guy who is not going to show up ever again right <laughs> right like it's 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 all very uh static i guess mm-hmm. um, um th- this is not information that changes the way you read the story no and i think that's that's a good point cuz you don't go back and read the first like the, the Harry Potter books don't read any different for knowing this. <laughs> right, exactly. Except except for book six, when Dumbledore is literally referencing this when he's uh, drinking the bone-hurting juice. Yeah. And so really it is just a an answer to that, right? It makes that, it is a literal like puzzle piece that when I read book six, I can be like, oh, I know what Dumbledore is talking about here. right. But but there's nothing that is colored by this because, and this is a fault of this book as well, the ultimate like point that this is driving towards is that no matter what, Dumbledore changed and is good now. Right. Like, there's no question there. This is not a this is not like a lurid story from his past that sort of like colors some of his behavior in past books. It's not a story that makes you think about his behavior as 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 we see him in these stories any differently because no matter how tragic this story is and how uh uh uh, bad his actions as a as a teen were in this story um that does not matter to the story uh that that is purely a function uh, of aberforth's like pain right like it's not it's not anything that that defines Dumbledore. We are we are simply told this is what Dumbledore used to be like, uh, but he's good now. Right. I mean, it's very convenient and and sort of interesting that Aberforth's um, pain seems to entirely rest uh, not on the events that happened, but on whether or not Dumbledore felt like Ariana was a burden or not. Right. Like mm-hmm. like that is the key to his pain. It isn't. Um. Uh, sorry, my doorbell is going off and it's very loud. No um, problem. That's a yeah. nice door. I like that. Oh, I know. Isn't it insane? It's that's like a whole song. That's a. It is a. It is a whole song. You got a door like choir there. Very. Cool. I do. 
I do. It's very beautiful. Um, uh, <laughs> the key to Aberforth's pain is not that he's like upset about Dumbledore, like, and the things that he did, but he's just like, oh, oh, he was sad about it. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll let's 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 zoom back a little bit, and we'll we'll get to like the specifics because the thing the the actual argument that him and Harry have is very funny. The mm-hmm. way that it resolves. Um, uh, uh, let's go back to the beginning here and kind of walk through in, in closer detail bit by bit. Is is the Death Eaters... I'm so, sorry. Is the Death Eaters not able to summon the cloak like a reverse clue? Is this a clue <laughs> given out of order, like after yeah. the fact? So we already know that the cloak is a, a hollow, right? Yeah, that, that's, that <laughs> definitely stuck out to me. This whole sequence with the Death Eaters, I know I'm a broken record, but this is... In, in a book full of gamer J.K. Rowling moments... Yeah. This is maybe the most gamer JK rolling moments. <laughs> this is a this is a gamer clown show for sure. This is it. This is uh you're playing a stealth game and one enemy saw you, but you you've already gotten back into cover and they're all uh-huh. walking around saying, "Where are where are you, Fisher? Remember the airport, <laughs> Fisher? <laughs> Come out, Fisher. I saw him over here." Like it's just so it's so video gamey guard shit here. It's very funny, especially with them uh, just sort of like shouting out to him to come out and and like checking the alleys and stuff. It was it was a little surreal. I was like, this is <laughs> did she play these? Did she play the Harry Potter games? Like <laughs> did someone send her a copy. We talk about her writing scenes for the um, for the movie, so this is like the uh, she wrote a scene for the video game. This is going to be great in the PlayStation game. This made me so excited for us to play the Deathly Hallows games because <laughs> the Deathly Hallows games is is a shooter. Yeah, and can like, you can imagine just... how long this sequence can be? Right. Yeah, you go to Hogsmeade, and it's going to be like a full ass like uh, uh, like cover stealth sequence, and the and like the guards are all going to be kind of doing that like crouch walk thing. Uh, the, uh, the music is just going to be going like, dun, 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 just like the sort of like, like not full action music, but like the kind of like tension music, right? Uh, uh, they're going to keep trying to, maybe there's like a QTE where you have to, uh, uh, make sure that your, your foot's not sticking out of the cloak, perhaps. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm, 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 I have a vision here. Mm -hmm. It's very clear to me. Um, but it's a very we- it's a very goofy scene because like they summon the deathy or the the mentors, <laughs> which again feels like a you get to a certain trigger in the video game part. And they're like, all right, now now we're bringing the tougher enemies in. Also, like I I know that um the Death Eaters are like supposed to be dopes here. Like I know yeah. they're doing like a Three Stooges routine, but this whole back and forth um where they're like we have to kill him, and then they're like no. The Voldemort wants him alive, and then they're like, "Okay, we'll summon the Dementors." And they're like, "Well, <laughs> wait, but the Dementors will kill them." And they're like, "No, they won't. He just cares about. He doesn't care if he loses his soul. He cares if he's like physically alive." And I'm like, "Bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, you guys." Yeah, it's a very that is a, a like speaking of of things that were written to argue with the audience. 
Right? That is peak arguing with the audience. Like, like, oh. They could have just been like, summon the Dementors and not said anything else. Yeah, but but J.K. Rowling is a soothsayer and was like, I know if I just write that, people are going to post online. Uh, Would would Voldemort be happy if if Harry had no soul? Wouldn't he want to take his soul? Right, but if she was really a soothsayer, she would know that all the replies would just be like, uh, he just cared that he was physically alive, not if he, if he lost his soul. So, like, you can't, you, that's the, this is the, this is the new golden rule, which is that you can, you should never write something to try to, like, prevent posts, because posts are going to happen posts whether are, you like it or not. Posts are going to happen. Posts are inevitable. <laughs> as I have, as I have been demonstrating with, with those, like, Deathly Hallows forum uh, uh, mm-hmm. screen caps. Posting yeah. is eternal. Right. Posting never changes. It will always be the same. Trying uh, to prevent it is a fool's errand. Yeah, you cannot. You cannot fight posting. The two things. The two. The, 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 the it used to be that there are two things certain in this world: death and taxes. Was the phrase yeah. right? Well, there's three things actually. <laughs> it's death, taxes, and posting. Those are the. Uh-huh. Those are the three constants in the universe. It's true. <laughs> Um, and then this, so they get, they, 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 they get cornered by the Dementors. Harry blasts him with Expecto Patronum. He whispers it. I don't know why this book spent so much time establishing that Ron Hermione can cast Patronuses and then didn't use it in this specific instance where they have different animals for the Patronuses and it makes it the whole big problem. I don't care. I'm not trying to be like plot hole, but I, I still don't think that anyone should have been casting patronuses like it was nothing other like other than harry so yeah <laughs> ron's is... is a dog and hermione is an otter and the whole oh, time they're, they're like we will know it's harry potter if we see a stag oh my god i didn't even think of, that is so much better if it, was it doesn't like, matter it, it doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. matter god damn it though fuck that's funny they he shoots the stag out. The laser stag mm-hmm. chases them away. Uh, Aberforth pulls him into the bar, and then he has a very very long again similar to the <laughs> uh, the the conversation about um, uh, 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 you know whether or not Voldemort wants him alive or technically alive. <laughs> Aberforth has a long argument with the audience about uh, whether or not the the. Um, the Death Eaters would recognize the Stag Patronus. The, a common theme of this book is um, identifying um, laser ungulates because this is the second time we've had this conversation. And the first one was like, uh, duh, Ron, mine has a stag and has antlers. And that was a doe with no antlers. <laughs> <laughs> why, why does JK Rowling view the like this 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 is this is the folly of of trying to combat posting mm-hmm. because both of these things could be interesting conflicts in a story uh-huh. characters arguing about whether or not someone is dead if they don't have a soul would be interesting in a book that is concerned primarily with the nature of the soul right. uh also having Harry fire off a Patronus and then realize, oh fuck, they know that it's they know what my Patronus looks like. <laughs> I've been made. That would also be some interesting drama in a story that is desperately in need of some fucking drama. Yeah. But instead, the Death Eaters 
let him know that they would know if it was a stag. He fires it anyway. <laughs> then Aberforth saves his life, but then argues with the Death Eaters and convinces them uh, actually it wasn't a stag, it was a goat. They're different animals. And even the Death Eaters are like, well, I thought it was a deer, but uh, I guess it could have been a goat. Why did it have to be five million steps more complicated and less dramatic than <laughs> than just having them go, wait, that's Harry's Patronus. It's a stag. And Harry going, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. I mean, there's so much just like basic plotting stuff like that that does end up reading like a comedy. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot in Harry Potter that just kind of feels like like a, a, a like you said, like a Three Stooges routine. Aberforth convincing three Death Eaters that they saw a goat and not a deer over like a long conversation yeah. is like kind of it's pretty funny. Yeah, but like humor is not what I think the primary concern of uh, chapter 27 out of 30, 36 or whatever in your like dramatic conclusion to your fantasy series like, yeah. I, I feel like you could do away with the joke chapter, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. I think it's like... It is funny. I don't know. I don't. I, it is very funny. Yeah. It, like, 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 like you said, there are so many ways this could have been, like, sensical, logical. <laughs> uh -huh. But instead, they just chose the most roundabout fucking way to present this idea that uh harry's patronus is a giveaway and for, right i'm i'm sorry i know they're supposed to be dumb but a goat and a stag are two completely different animals yeah a goat is much smaller different antlers <laughs> in fact i would not have even bought this at all if it weren't for the fact that um the enhanced quote-unquote edition that i am reading oh. contains an illustration of the goat patronus and it is I like mean, a goat is a goat and a stag is a stag different animals for sure um but the goat that they have chosen i would say this is a selective interpretation of goat patronus okay because when you think goat and you think specifically of like aberforth and like england and stuff right when you think of like a like a goat you're thinking like a billy goat right yeah, I think basic goat. I mean, I picture it like I have to picture it with big horns because. So I so honestly, I, right? But yes, yes, sure. Yeah, but whatever. That's the thing, right? Is 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 like the, the the illustration they have chosen is like a mountain goat with big horns, like, huh. like a big horn goat. Sure. Which I I think is a stretch because the whole thing <laughs> with Aberforth was that he like kept had like a goat farm. Yeah, he's got, like, pet goats. Yeah, I don't think he's got a fucking mountain goat in his life. No, no, he has, like, the goats that, like, people post, like, cute videos of yeah. online while they, like, like, ju like jump on each other. Yeah, they jump on each other. Or, like, kick off of walls They say, stuff. ah! Uh, they yeah. like, eat your sweater kind of goats. Yeah. Yeah, very cute. Not, not mountain goats with huge big horns right like <laughs> right not but 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 i feel like i feel like this this enhanced edition illustration is maybe perhaps designed to again diffuse that exact post to, to be, be plausible like, that you could mix up a like, 
a stag and a goat. Like, like no, no, no. This is definitely a, a huge goat. The big kind that they have on mountains. To be to be fair, I do think that it is written in a way that they are doing a Three Stooges routine, which is a questionable choice, but it mm-hmm. is like what they're doing. And and having and and Aberforth is definitely like intimidating them and uh like uh, basically making the Death Eater in question um like question what he saw i think that's reasonable yeah if he just like got a glimpse or whatever it'd be like yeah. oh did i really see a stag mm-hmm. or or maybe it was something else but um it is like the, the thing is is like how did it get to get to this right, right? like this isn't this didn't have to be like this aberforth is, is fun in this scene i will say that like oh sure yeah i, I kind of like i like him I kind of picture him. I don't even think it's ever really given a physical description other than like he has blue eyes like Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always just pictured him as like Colteran Dumbledore, if that mm. if that makes sense. Uh, uh, just D- Dumbledore, but with like cool, cool big belly Dumbledore. Sure. Big 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 fella Dumbledore. I I picture him. Um, and it's not even fair because there's no reason. Um, but I picture him being like, uh, how in the movie they accidentally made Xenophilius look like hippie oh, Lucius Malfoy. Yes, yes. I just picture like that, but for Dumbledore. Hippie Dumbledore? Is he like biker Dumbledore? Mm. What, what's your, what's his I guess wardrobe? I'm just picturing him in the same outfit as Xenophilius. Like he's just like. Oh, okay. He's wearing, I don't know. He's wearing I don't know. Like it makes a... no sense. Okay. No, I, he's not really valid, described. Valid. He's not. He he has blue eyes. It's basically the description we get. I can't tell if he, if I'm supposed to picture him as like identical to Dumbledore, but just a different guy. I don't know. See, it's it's confusing because he has. If you go back and read the other books where he appears, which mm-hmm. I think starts with Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, maybe earlier, um, but he's always very vaguely just referred to as the hogshead bartender right and and he it's never right so he can't be like identical to Dumbledore right right? because otherwise it would be like hey and if he was it would be such a cop-out right because it would be like again here's my post here's my argument with JK Rowling how would Harry not notice a guy who looks like Dumbledore Uh who he adores and treats as like a god father right like it's it it would be silly. So I, I I guess that's why in my head I've always been like he's not identical to Dumbledore, and like and so then I think what what would he look like then? I just think what if Dumbledore was like a big biker guy or something or like a I love that yeah just 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 big boy season Dumbledore that's Aberforth I'm, to me. I'm looking for like any more description. I guess it says that he has long stringy wire gray hair and beard. He wore spectacles. Yeah. Blue eyes. That's Dumbledore. That's Dumbledore. That's that's Albus, our boy Albus. Um why so there's no description of him but he does do the um anime glasses flash 3 times yes. in this chapter. He sure What's up with that? He sure does. Where did JK Rowling pick that one up? That's a weird one. That's a very specific one. That that's uh yeah his 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 glasses just fill with white when he is particularly uh, uh pensive in this uh-huh. Uh-huh. um 
was JK has JK Rowling seen Neon Genesis Evangelion? Perhaps. That is my question. That is my post. That is my question to the world. Has she seen that? Or or had she seen something else that does the, the, the lens flash thing? Because that that struck out to me. It's very, very funny. This is this is the part that really gets me. And it's at the moment um where the turn happens, right? Like Harry and they're kind of like exchanging pleasantries and all this stuff, figuring out who who he is. Um and and Harry finally is like, Dumbledore wanted me to do this thing, and it's the turn. It's Aberforth like getting ready to test him. And it says, the firelight made the grimy lenses of Aberforth's glasses momentarily opaque, a bright flat white, and Harry remembered the blind eyes of the giant spider Aragog. Mm. I think that's a very interesting line. Yeah, it's very threatening. Mm-hmm. Or, or Harry feels very threatened here, perhaps. Yeah, but it's also like, I guess the things it makes me remind me of is, uh, because in this these last two books, there's been a lot of um, comparing characters to being like a spider, like specifically oh. like Slughorn, Slughorn in the spider's web, like, like, or whatever. Mm. Um, Dumbledore in the closet where yeah. he's like telling Harry his job and has spiders crawling on him. Mm. And now Aberforth seeming like he has the eyes of a spider. And I'm like, this can't be an accident. It's so weird. Like for, for this, like, there's kind of this, this like spider thread well, there's running the other, through everything. Am I am I misremembering or is Aragog not blind? Yeah, he's not. Is he not blind? No. Aragog's not blind? Okay. It's just, he's just saying that the glasses looked like big blind spider eyes when they flashed white. Okay, because I was I was thinking like Aragog. Maybe Aragog's blind. Because I, I, I was wondering if that was the connection. Was that, was it like... I guess he was like, I'm very old. Yeah, I'm double checking. And my this. children have to bring me my food or something. Right. I, Gog. Aragog. Yes, Aragog sometime later became blind. Why do we know that? Because of the funeral? Uh, I guess... Eye color, black and gray, milky white, blind. Uh, the two Acromantulas started a large colony. Sometime later, Aragog became blind. In the films, Aragog is not blind like he is in the books, and the eyes are not white. Okay, so that's where the confusion was coming from. But yeah, no, he's he's blind, and so I I, I wonder if mm. the thing if if this is like Harry being like oh. Uh, he's he, this this fellow is blind to the truth of of how cool his brother was. I don't know. I mean, maybe I that's just a, I, a, I, I I don't know why I remembered that Aragog was blind, but like I I I realize reading this is that this this seems like it might be some some author symbolism, perhaps hmm. of of what she she thinks about. Uh, uh, Aberforth's position. Yeah, I guess so. I want to talk about the coolest thing about Aberforth. Sure. That I'm pissed about us not seeing more of. Sure. Which is that he apparently hung out with Dobby all the time. Yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck? Show me Dobby hanging out in this cool dive bar, please. Aberforth is friends with Dobby. Yeah. Any friend of Dobby is a friend of mine, I will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, What did they do? Why did they hang out? What did they talk about? Uh, and, and was Dobby helping run the bar? 
I don't think so. I think Dobby, after a hard week's work, um, would come to the bar after work, like before the weekend. Okay, yeah, because because the thing that that Aberforth says is that he he liked that elf, right? Like, he's, yeah. So that that to me says that maybe they had some sort of rapport. I I think that I think that Dobby would go to the bar after after his work week, and he would like sit at the bar you and think like he, chat with Aberforth. Yeah, you think that he was like a regular who was like. Who's who's kind of kind of telling telling Aberforth all about his week at the castle, right? Yeah, oh. and, and he's like a house elf, so you can like kind of get tipsy off of like one butter beer. <laughs> <laughs> I love this picture. This mm-hmm. is really blessed. I yeah, yeah, I I am so taken with this idea of Dobby hanging out with like rougher Dumbledore. Uh, yeah. I want to. I want to know what Dobby's like when he's in 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 mixed company. You know, right. this is why Dobby shouldn't have died. I mean, other than it being like horrible, is that it's for no reason. And like we talked about, his story was over. And the only time we should have seen him is like in surprising places. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if he was here, that would be so just like it, it living be, his life. It would be incredible if like. <laughs> Harry just like instinctively asked Dobby for something and Dobby was just like at the bar with Aberforth he's like oh, uh, Dobby is sorry Harry Potter but it's the fucking weekend I'm chilling <laughs> I love that I just yeah I want I want to see Dobby in a new environment I want to see him in this dive bar mm-hmm. um and it's very it's disappointing that Harry like reports Dobby's death so dispassionately and Aberforth is like, oh well, moving on. <laughs> so they couldn't <laughs> oh, have been well. that close. So I think you might be I think you you might be onto something with like they saw each other maybe one day a week uh as as you know, bartender and customer, perhaps. Right. And maybe Dobby, you know, had one butterbeer, got tipsy every week and maybe just like talked a lot. Yeah. So so that's how Aberforth knew that Dobby would be able to be like sent to save Harry. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. was sort of the the relationship there. Yeah. They were they were they were two ships passing every Friday night. Exactly. Uh, that's that's a that's that's a beautiful relationship for Dobby to have. I'm glad that he <laughs> spread his wings a little bit before dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um. There's there's another thing about this chapter that literally kind of looms over the whole thing, mm-hmm. which is this painting of Ariana. Yeah. That behaves like no other painting in the series. Uh, it is very weird to me. This is something I really only thought about the second time I read this chapter. But this big, long, prolonged conversation that Aberforth and Harry and them have about Ariana's tragic past mm-hmm. happens like directly under a painting of her. Yeah. Which as far as we know is like sentient. I mean, like all paintings are to some degree. Uh-huh. And I'm like, is this just a painting that doesn't work like that? And is just like, I don't know, like this one's this one's running at like medium settings instead of ultra or whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. Um or is it even kind of weirder and darker, which is that like cause because I don't we we don't really get other than it being like ominous and like kind of magical in nature, 
But, like, we don't know, like, what her actual malady is, right? Right. And so I was reading this going, like, is it that this is a painting of someone who couldn't talk and it retained that? And they're just, like, having this conversation about this person in front of this person and they can't talk. Because right. that is very uncomfortable. It, I, I it, don't think that it the text thinks about that at all. Yeah. It's just that, like, like we never... Ariana is, like, even more of a non-character than Grindelwald here. Mm-hmm. In that, like, I don't think... Not even secondhand does she say a single thing. Right. She is just a little girl who has something tragic happen to her and then dies. Yeah. But there's no Ariana said this to me or Ariana would say this about X thing, right? It's just, it, it is, she is just, it is just girl's name and tragedy attached to it. Yeah, it's kind of heinous, honestly. It's really and, like, the bad. Way that, the way that she's talked about is extremely, like, condescending and mm-hmm. weird. Like, um, she's described in from the painting as looking, like, pleasant but vacant. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely is is gesturing at a vision of disability as, like, Victorian novel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, looking out the window at the at the kid's, like having a snowball fight. I'm afraid like, she that has is... come down with a case of hysteria. Right, like, that's that's the vibe. She has female troubles. Right. Yeah. But she's not, like, a person here. No. No, she is, she is, she is in a, in a series of books that have a lot of, like, dehumanizing portrayals of characters. Mm-hmm. She is maybe the least human character that exists. Because yeah. she is only spoken about in not not even third person. She's like spoken about as an object of tragedy, right? I mean, but it is also so deliberately vague. I I am not sure uh, like what I'm supposed to take from it. To be honest, yeah, especially but it's it's there's there's something kind of darkly funny about how this chapter opens with like several things that feel like arguments with the audience to prevent posting (laughs) and then ariana's story is like a posting generator like there's a uh uh you know was was ariana sexually assaulted posts like every week on the subreddit right like there's Uh a there there's a there is a i would say leering ambiguity to it here right um, and it doesn't feel it's it it doesn't feel like it's being ambiguous out of taste, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like it's being ambiguous so your mind can fill in the gaps with the most lurid thing you can imagine. Yeah, because again, she's not a character. You're, this is not a character experiencing a tragedy that we are then sitting with and exploring that character and their reaction to it. She is a victim in a CSI episode. Right, and and that and that is the thing is it is inviting you to think to to fill in what is the worst thing you can think of, right? Mm-hmm. Also, this is proto obscurus, right? Yes, she's yes. an obscurus, but she's not an Nvidia Tech demo. No, I imagine that we are going to find out that she is she was one in the movies. In fact, have we already gotten that that drop, or is it just assumed? I think it's just assumed, maybe. Yeah. 
and like what's frustrating about this is is that the story that we are told in this sequence again like it tricked me the first time because i i think aberforth is a interestingly presented character he's mm-hmm. I mean, he's like he's at least immediately very charming right right in the way that jk rowling is good at writing very immediately charming characters mm-hmm. and like this like so many things in harry potter it is very sad and abstract right oh sure um and i read this and i was like wow this is actually pretty pretty touching this is pretty effective um and just the more i thought about it the faster it just fell apart because it's it, it is so surface level and i think beyond surface level i think it is uh could just kind of rotten and seedy honestly because um, mm-hmm. it, it it really is just a uh just kind of a, a lurid picture show it's every it's every like worst nightmare it's it, in the same way that like all the child murder that happens i mean this is another <laughs> child dying story right like she's a little yeah. older she's like 15 or whatever when this this happened um but it is still her leaning on like what if a what if a kid died <laughs> as, yeah. as drama but not only that, it, 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 like, invites you and encourages you to not only imagine a kid dying, but, like, what if some other fucked up stuff happened to this kid? Right. But it's not a character. Like, uh-huh. there are lots of stories that are about the, this exact thing happening that are fantastic, right? Like, I'm not... You can, you can write a story about some heavy fucking shit and characters processing it, and it can be absolutely sublime, that's not my my gripe with it my gripe with it is that it is it is not a this is not a story about ariana's trauma or even dumbledore's trauma right uh right you read it and you're just like am i involved here yeah (laughs) who who is involved here nobody no Uh no, like a character who is two characters who are already dead yeah Uh, it's like damn that's messed up man sorry about it I'm happy for you. We're sorry that happened. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's it, it's it's just pure um, spectacle, uh, and it's it 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 provides nothing about Dumbledore. And I think I mean like like that's a low bar to clear, right? Like, woman dying for man's character development is a bar that this can't even clear. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, that would be an improvement over what we got here, because right. he's already dead. The character, the character is gone. Uh, his development is over, and like Grindelwald's just, dead b- at right. this point. Voldemort's killed Grindelwald at this point. Nobody except Aberforth remains, and the primary concern of this story is not to like give Aberforth some sense of peace. Uh, about this thing that has clearly tormented him for a hundred plus years um it's harry being able to stick up for a dead guy who he barely knew uh to his brother Mm -hmm. like it's it's honestly sociopathic like yeah it's really really grim it's like sort of fun to read it just in pure like filth, right? Like people like yeah. it's it is compelling to read about like fucked up drama, but that's sort of where it ends. Yeah, I mean, this is the the literary equivalent of like not being able to fall asleep and just reading about serial killers on Wikipedia. <laughs> right. 
right. Which we, I think everyone in the world does that sometimes. Just like, fuck, I can't sleep. I'm bored. I don't want to, like, get out of bed. I'm just going to, like, read about, I don't know, Albert Fisk or something. Albert Fish or something. Like, I'm just going to read some fucked up shit and go, damn, that was fucked up. Yeah, um, and then you're like, damn, why'd I do that? Yeah, then you just kind of feel bad for the rest of the night. Um, uh, but, but like, this, th- this... This might be less nutritious for your brain than that, even <laughs> because it's all fake. Like, it's not. It's not about anything. It didn't. It's not. You're not like gaining some like horrible knowledge about things that have happened in the real world. It's just like J.K. Rowling did that. Uh, yeah. in her book and invented it. Said, "What if a fucked up thing happened?" You're like, "Damn, that would be fucked up." I guess. It's true. It's true. It would be. CSI would be more valuable of that more valuable use of your time. And it's like the same thing, right? But at least that has characters who appear week to week and you and and like nominally it affects them somehow and they deal with the they solve a mystery about it. I, I think that it's weird that this is supposed to be the answer to a mystery. Like I yeah. think that is at least in part. I, I think that this chapter does have something else to say, but like aside from that, I, other than like it is like this is supposed to be the aha. Like, right. oh, that's what happened. Yeah. And that's... I just have never cared. I just haven't bought into that this whole time. And I think that someone could, because the book wants you to, but who cares? But, like, before Dumbledore drank the bone-hurting juice and said, oh, kill me instead, or whatever. Stop hurting them. Stop hurting. Like, before Please. that happened, yeah. did you ever have an inkling that he might have something like this in his past? know he's the principal of the school yeah it doesn't fucking matter it's like it's not (laughs) he's the whimsical wizard who runs the castle who cares like it's (laughs) at no point is it material to his character whether or not he experienced something like a family tragedy a hundred years ago and not only that but the story itself wants to make it clear that it doesn't matter. Like, it's textual that it doesn't matter. Because the entire point of this story is for Aberforth to, like, undress this wound in front of Harry, and for Harry to say, well, uh, Dumbledore told me that he was sad about it. And Aberforth says, okay. And then Harry gets to go on continuing to believe that Dumbledore was a good guy who cared about everyone he ever met. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't fucking matter. Like, functionally... This was pointless because Harry enters and exits believing the same thing. And not only does he enter and exit believing the same thing, the thing he believes is the key to solving the other guy's problem. Right. So it's it's utterly useless. <laughs> yeah. The thing Harry knows and believes and expresses and convinces Aberforth to, to like, get over this shit with is it doesn't matter because Dumbledore was good when when I knew him. Right. Which is so uninteresting. Like, beyond it being a weird thing, a weird way to think about people, <laughs> just uninteresting from, like, a novel perspective. Like, what? Who cares then? Why did, we, why did we have to read any of this other than to, like, I don't know, get your jollies going, like, ooh, isn't that fucked up? She didn't actually say what happened, but you can imagine... Right, and it has about the same level of, like, uh, interest in, like, the story itself, where you just feel like it is so removed by time that, like, 
those sorts of family tragedies, they're like, I guess, interesting for their own sake, but almost in like a historical curiosity sort of way. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, that happened. The people acted like that a hundred years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I look, I love, I love reading about some like, I don't know, fucked up weird shit that some medieval guy did. Right. That's interesting. But like, if that's going to get used in a story, it needs to like, <laughs> mean something about a character or say something about the time period or say something about the current period the story was written in using the past as a tool there's a lot of ways that you can write some interesting fucked up shit in a story and have it like matter and be interesting uh but this manages to like slalom through every single avenue that it could have used to have any sort of purpose or interest beyond like wouldn't that be fucked up wouldn't it be fucking crazy if a little girl killed her mom it, <laughs> and it's just like that's it that's that's the tra- that's the family tragedy is that uh uh something fucked up happened that made ariana fucked up and then she fucked up and killed her mom and then grindelwald and everforth and uh dumbledore all fucked up and Ariana died, and then uh, uh, Grindelwald ran away, and then died, and then Dumbledore fucked up later and died, and then Aberforth fucked up and was sad about it for too long, uh, until Harry came along and fixed it for him by saying, "Hey, your brother was sad about it." Pointless, utterly meaningless. I think that there's an interesting compulsion, and I'm 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 going to draw a thread in, in two things like that jk rowling has written and it's this like idea of and i get it like you're exploring why does a good person do a bad thing right Right. like how does a good person get roped into a bad ideology Mm -hmm. and the writer's way of exploring that inevitably ends up being this thing where you write they're like, what if something fucked up, so fucked up happened that it made this good character join the Nazis? And J.K. Rowling has done that two times now, right? Because <laughs> it's the, this this idea that like Dumbledore has this like tragic past, and and to be to be clear, his tragic past is that he has a disabled sister, right. and so he joined the Nazi, the wizard Nazis, because he thought. He was like tricked or thought that like that would make life better for her. And then she writes like literally the same thing with Queenie in Fantastic Beasts, where Queenie (laughs) joins the wizard Nazis (laughs) because she thinks it'll make life better for the person who she loves, who the wizard Nazis are specifically targeting. Right. That is that is the part that is so funny about this is that J.K. Rowling understands the concept of someone turning away from evil right Mm -hmm. and like that's that's always interesting i love a good story about that right uh um that is that is fertile ground for good character work um but the part that she's missing twice over now like you say is the part where like you can see how that person got hoodwinked Mm -hmm. and I think that the only answer here is uh, maybe she wasn't lying when she said that Dumbledore was gay all along. Right. And, and, and I mean, mean this not in a sense that like, oh, 
uh you know she she wrote this to be like inclusive or whatever but it's like no that's just the old because of the a- the absence of like grindelwald being a character because grindelwald <laughs> gives no speeches uh uh has no set ideology other than bad we know he was bad um we don't know what his like policies were or his goals were other than the greater good and doing something bad for the greater good right mm-hmm. yeah but like we, we we've never the 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 closest we get is that letter in rita skeeter's book where dumbledore like writes a letter to him that's like uh interesting letter you wrote to me grindelwald uh just a question when you say that you want to uh uh you know force all of the muggles into a big blender and use the blender uh uh to turn them into fuel to run uh, uh your wizard tower um did, did you mean that it would be cool for them too because if so i agree with you right like it's it's there's no there's no sense of like what 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 grindelwald wrote that would could trick someone as smart as dumbledore right um or the more interesting thing i think is would have been like yeah, he wasn't tricked. He just genuinely thought that this was good, right? Like, I mean, it does not escape me that Dumbledore's story, I mean, he is not telling the story, but it is the story that, um, who's the actor in Taken? Oh, Liam Neeson. It's the Liam Neeson story. It's like, <laughs> yes, it is, it's like, yes. it's like Dumbledore, yeah, he, he was racist, but it was because of this trauma that happened. So he was like half justified, actually. Right. Yeah. And I honestly, I wish it was that explicit, right? <laughs> yeah. That I mean, would we're, be we're better. like three characters removed at this point. Right, right. Yeah. That that would be a better story, I think, if it was if it was Aberforth saying like yeah, you don't know what Dumbledore was like when he was your age. He was like a little a little shithead, right? Like that would be a lot better, I think. Mm-hmm. Um uh if if it was a character who wasn't hoodwinked uh, uh and to like, you know, maintain some sense of cuz you know, when when, it, when a character is when you frame it as like a character was tricked into doing something evil or believing something evil, right? It's it, you're sort of removing a little bit of the responsibility. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, there, I, I think for it, it, case by case, there are people who are legitimately tricked, right? Like, uh, uh, if you tell someone, Hey, uh, if, if you vote for me, I'll like, make i'll make w- your wages better right like that's that's a trick right like that's a that that's obscuring what it is you really believe mm-hmm. but in dumbledore's case he was talking like about like world domination yeah. with with his his uh his evil boyfriend yeah and i think it would be a lot better for the story and for both grindelwald and dumbledore as characters if it was like yeah no he just genuinely believed this stuff and then changed his beliefs and that's a better because that that happens too, right? There are people who realize that the whole thing they've been told is a lie, but there are also people who believe the lie, and 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 uh, uh, don't don't uh, they're they're not so much hoodwinked as they are, you know, personally culpable for the and, and like genuinely want the the like mask off version of the thing they believe, right? Um. And especially if you're writing a story about a character who is like 150 years old, yeah, sure, you can. I think there's a lot of wiggle room there for like, yeah, and he, 
walked he 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 changed his mind people change um but this lets dumbledore off the hook in every conceivable way mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, uh in a way that i think not only is like you know unrealistic but it's also like i think it's just like boring for him as a character like if, if you want to tell me a story about a character who used to be bad but then became good sure go for it give me a give me the give me the arc they went on that's that's fine but give that to me you know <laughs> yeah it's a mess grindelwald's not a character dumbledore's not a character and aberforth is barely a character right and like ariana <laughs> is an object right uh, um it's uh it's a shame i i i speaking of being tricked like i said this this chapter really got <laughs> me the first time around i was just like damn finally some 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 meat and then i realized that no this was all so i fi- i filled up on breadsticks reading this chapter speaking of filling up on breadsticks um harry ron and hermione come to the bar starving and um aberforth uh gives them bread cheese and mead and they're like they're like mm. and i'm like damn aberforth like do you not have any bar food like can you not can you not fry up some chicken waffles or something jesus christ aberforth is like he gave them like a fucking skyrim meal like <laughs> It's like, welcome to the Redwall Abbey. Here's your, here's your baguette. <laughs> and it describes I, them as like eating over like a long period of time. And then they like lean back. They're so full and sleepy from eating such a, it even says like a good meal. And I'm like, you guys ate, ate bread. You ate bread and cheese. You guys ate bread and cheese and drank some alcohol. And I don't think it was like, like a charcuterie board or anything no it was a loaf of bread (laughs) i'm just picturing them like taking a bite out of like a block of cheddar and then passing it around (laughs) (laughs) is that what everforth serves like the kitchen closed no leftovers goddamn dobby's dead so like he can't whip anything up for them so he's like i guess i guess maybe the happy hour menu uh, uh, you know, too late for that. Can't get a burger or anything. So yeah, here's here's a fucking loaf of bread and a block <laughs> this, of cheddar. This destroys me. I got food, said Aberforth, and he sloped out of the room, reappearing moments later with a large loaf of bread, some cheese, and a pewter jug of mead. One. Does not mention a plate, by the way, or a <laughs> which tray. He set, which he set upon a small table in front of the fire ravenous they ate and drank and for a while there was silence but for the crackle of fire the click of goblets and the sound of chewing right then said aberforth when they had eaten their fill and harry and ron sat slumped dozily in their chairs from bread from a one <laughs> loaf of bread for three their teenagers? tummies probably hurt so bad throughout this whole conversation about ariana do this you think before they were... their conversation yeah they well, they just they just filled up on bread and cheese before having this very serious conversation with Aberforth. Uh huh. That's got us stuck. Like, yeah. Like, who you you know? Harry was doing most of the steering in this conversation mm-hmm. as Hermione chipped in. But you think like Ron was sitting there going like, "I hope I don't fart while this guy's talking about like his <laughs> dead sister." I think that they leaned back and were waiting for like the second chorus. They thought that was their breadsticks at Olive Garden. They thought he was going to bring out like some some like stew, but it just never happened. They've been they've been on the road for like. Uh, uh, you know, the year or whatever at this point. Um, 
And I think at one point it mentioned that like Hermione, they were like going to like farms and taking eggs and having a fry up or like going to the store and getting sausages. They were like eating better when they were on the run than they are in a fucking bar. (laughs) If you Google medieval tavern and you just like look at all the pictures of like bread and like a big triangle of cheese (laughs) that's a hundred percent what jk rowling was imagining here this is like the boxcar children like grocery list like we're gotta get a loaf of bread (laughs) gotta get some american cheese this was my ideal meal when i was like 13 just like i wish i wish i could just have like a, a big baguette and some cheese (laughs) <laughs> and like yeah this is like me when i like it. get up to cook something and then like lose energy halfway through the kitchen like i'm no i'm just gonna have a depression like slice of bread and and, <laughs> and and shredded cheese out of the bag like what is this do you think he toasted it for them no i don't i think it's a whole he just brought them a whole <laughs> loaf of bread and i think they had to rip it into three into three um into three pieces i was sending you this like cg render and, like, this is still a more satisfying meal, because there's, like, a roast chicken in this. Right! But I, I just Google, like, medieval tavern, and I'm just looking at all, like, the <laughs> art station pictures of, like, of, like, ah, there's a fireplace and a big thing of bread. But, like, that's all, that's all they got. This has got, like, a hunk of meat, you know? Yeah, they've got, the, 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 and it looks seasoned, even. Right. They're, that, that's living large compared to what uh, Aberforth had for them here. Right, and also, like, they're going to go die. Like, Harry's like, no, I'm ready to die. This is their I'm last re- supper, and it's, a, and it's a loaf of bread and cheese. <laughs> Here's my theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an unspoken uh, 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 aspect to this, which is that Harry, Ron, and Hermione don't tell Aberforth uh hey we're all like we're we're all, we're all like 17 uh we don't want we, can do you have like a, a soda pop or something right like i know that you can you can drink at like in in pubs at like 18 or whatever in, in sure. england but still like like he aberforth just like in this scene where he's also yelling at harry that he is a child mm-hmm. he's like brought him a big thing of booze yeah so maybe they're just not pushing their luck maybe oh, they're, they're like, like hell yeah yeah exactly they're like well this meal sucks, but he bought us beer, so we're not going to complain. Oh yeah, you, know? you can't you can't complain to the guy that bought you beer when you're 17. Right, you're, you're like, hey, I asked you to get me some snacks along with the beer, and you got me like one Slim Jim. <laughs> A Slim Jim would be better. <laughs> That's protein, at least. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even like a bread bowl. Like he's no. not there's not super any, I yeah, he's re- he really just gave them <laughs> I can't even find a spread that depressing on like I've searched medieval tavern. <laughs> I'm going to search oblivion tavern food. Let's see. Like Yeah, even like looking at just screenshots of oblivion in the taverns it's like yeah, there's a cheese, there's cheese and a mm. big loaf of bread, but there's also like apples and yeah and like uh, a a big strawberry or something it's like well that's better that's something they didn't get this is the worst they're gonna be so logy when it's time to fight voldemort i know oh wow 
They're going yeah. into into evil Hogwarts just after eating like a whole loaf of bread, cheese, and a like a like three <laughs> beers or whatever. I cannot think of a worse a worse prep for battle meal. The worse the beer is bread. They were <sighs> they've got a big thing. Oh, I guess mead is more honey. Yeah, I guess it's not really a beer. So maybe maybe they'll be fine. But like drink eating to okay, me. Okay, but that's a lot of sugar. Yeah, they're gonna be sleepy at least uh, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get through halfway through that tunnel that neville walked through and like just want to take a nap oh i know god yeah i just do they not does he not can they not order a pizza i i just don't know like what 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 horrible sanctions does hogsmeade have on it that <laughs> that aberforth just can't can't get them anything better than that real real grim for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway ariana i guess just is chill with this whole conversation about her yeah um, um whether she can talk or not i have no idea but she does not talk um but also like this painting just doesn't function like paintings do in harry potter Mm-mm. it's very weird I and mean, like this was this was the thing specifically that this chapter like First time I read it, I thought it was very interesting. Second time I read it, I got mad right. about, which was, at first, I thought having the painting of Ariana looming over them while talking about her death was very interesting, because I was like, wow, this is, like, the first time a, like, direct connection has been drawn between, like, someone dying and a painting, like, not being able to replace them. Right. But that's really only the case, because this painting is unlike any other painting in the series and like doesn't talk. Right. Like if if they were hanging out and talking about uh uh Phineas Nigellus, right? Mm-hmm. And how he died, he would be like providing input the entire time. Yeah. And saying like I'm right here assholes or whatever, yeah. right? Like he he would be he would be chiming in. Um but Ariana doesn't either because she's a different kind of painting or because her her like wizard mental illness her mind it. was destroyed her mind was destroyed yeah yeah whatever i think dumb... i think that's the implication I that's don't, I, yeah I, I, the I vacant think... stare thing is very ominous i suppose um uh i mean that's why i suspect like a physical injury happened to her like aside from mental trauma there there is i feel like it is implying that she had like some sort of brain trauma in the event yeah but i don't yeah. know because it's yeah. all just like whatever the but worst it's, thing but again that's that's another that is another such a common like victorian gothic thing right, right. Of like oh after the incident she never spoke again right yeah. like that's that is such a common uh, uh, trope in those things. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. What I want to talk about is, uh, what's the deal with Neville appearing in the painting? <laughs> How does this work? Because again, I, I do new think painting this is super lore. cool. It I, is no. This is this is so annoying because this is such a cool and mysterious thing. Yeah. But also, this is not how paintings work no and i I think that that's like sort of the cool thing about it and i wish it could be cool because Mm -hmm. the paintings i like i wish that it i wish the painting stuff was 
more well-established so that when it does break the rules, it can be cool. Or the opposite direction, I wish it was less well-established so every painting had its own quirk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this one talks. Oh, this one is a portal. This one, real people can enter like it's Mario 64, right? Like, th- that's... All of those things are cool, but because every other painting in the series has behaved the same way, seeing this one... And even in the text, it's like Harry saw it, the painting did something that no other painting had done before uh, uh, is very. It, it makes it feel less mysterious and more just it makes it feel like hasty, like, I don't know. It's a different painting. What do you want from me? I'm the author. The imagery is very cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Her her disappearing and like the thing about her, like becoming a white dot and then like. Uh, uh, like, I want to know, because it says it's an oil painting. Yeah. I love this idea of, like, oil painting-ified Neville being in the painting. Right. It's, it, there is a, it's, like, cool in that it's, like, this painting has an axis that other paintings don't have. (laughs) Like, the, the, (laughs) the people in the painting can travel on the Z-axis, and none of the others can. And that's, like, so spooky. And maybe one of, like, the coolest, um, it feels like a secret. Like, I I don't know. I feel like Harry Potter, the last few books have never, like, delivered on that feeling (laughs) (laughs) like this this does. It's really cool. And, like, the the thing about it being, it swinging open to a real tunnel is really cool, too. (laughs) It's just because no other painting has allowed to be cool in a mysterious way before. And we're getting this one now. And because it's in such close proximity to, like... It also being a stand-in for like how paintings also work mm-hmm. uh, 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 is is it's messy. I guess I wish yeah. it was more mysterious. Yeah, it is cool though, and it mm-hmm. is it is it. I will I will say I'm always delighted to see Neville. Yes, yes. He I want... I, he. What is he like? Beat up? He doesn't yeah, look got, too good. He's got like long hair and he's beat up. He's been in the shit. Neville's right. been. I want to know what Neville's been up to. Yeah. It sounds like he's been having a way more interesting time than Harry. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he's been at Evil Hogwarts the whole time. He's gotten to be at Evil Hogwarts this whole story. Mm-hmm. Incredibly cool imagery. Very spooky. But, like, I hope it... I hope we get, I hope we at least get a couple lines from Neville about, like, what the painting's like from his side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I doubt it. I, I think this might be... I, I think this might be what we get. Yeah, probably. Is there anything else about this chapter? It feels like it's another one that's a very short chapter that just has like a lot of links to other stuff in it. Yeah, I mean, do we want to talk about like what this chapter is trying to be? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's sort of zoom zoom further out here. Because I because this chapter is in some ways Harry's like test, right? This is mm-hmm. I mean, it's happened a lot. I mean, he's had like five um like crises of faith, I guess so far. Um, and then I and I feel like he's had now two tests that he succeeds. The first one is um, him deciding to go after the Horcruxes instead of the Hallows, like like Dumbledore um, wanted him to, and that kind of sort of came to him in a vision. But this really is um, Aberforth is is the tester. This is the first time someone has sort of opposed him and yeah. kind of told Harry all of his worst um, fears. Yeah. And Harry had to, you know, not fall to that. Harry has to advocate for himself here and his beliefs. Right. Yeah. Um, which is... Which he sort of does. He, 
Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he functionally he does, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not the story makes interesting use of that, mm, right? But like, yeah, it, it is. Again, this is the thing that hoodwinked me is like, damn, I love it when a character gets called on their shit, right? And, mm-hmm. and has to like argue with someone about what they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I mean, my prevailing takeaway from this is that that it 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 has to um kind of minimize uh uh ariana and dumbledore and grindelwald's stories because if it did any more than that aberforth would be a lot more formidable as like a challenger here right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um the the story that and and this is like the grand trick of this chapter that I was I was sort of talking about is that the question changes halfway through this conversation mm-hmm. uh, from the initial half of the conversation, which is uh, you didn't know Dumbledore like I did, right? And then it subtly shifts to I've got to get to the castle, right? Right. And please let me please help me get into the castle, um, and. The first question is never actually answered. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that's, like, the important question. But, like, Harry Harry eventually just sort of sidesteps having to actually grapple with his faith, right? Like, he, he, he sort of, like, manages to steer things back to his faith as a given, and he needs to be helped with the thing he has faith in. Yeah. Um, I guess what I've been sort of chewing on, and I did want to talk about a little bit, is um, Harry's reaction to the Ariana story. Because I think that is probably the most yes. interesting thing in here. Um, and I, I think that it would be more interesting, and I would have more to say about it, if Harry was ever consistently written. Um, and he never has been. Like, his reactions to things <laughs> feel mostly pretty random, <laughs> um, and, and also pretty neutral, right? Like, because his oh, yeah. reactions to things are typically like a stand-in for the audience or what yeah. the, the audience sort of feels. And so it ends up being like sort of detached. Um, yeah. And I, I, it, like, like the worst version of that is Chamber of Secrets. And like the best version of that is like, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know, take your pick. Like his, his, his kind of dry reaction to stuff is like a boon sometimes, but, mm-hmm. but sometimes yeah, and he sort really of weigh, he sort of weighs all the other characters' opinions very neutrally. Like yes. he is the reader and that's fine. He's, he's obviously like our, our conduit into the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he has a very strong reaction to the Ariana story, mm-hmm. um, more so than most things. And he, and it, and it brings it up like a couple times, um, where, where, Aberforth is telling the story and and he is disgusted. He's repulsed hearing this. Um It's 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 very interesting because I I went I remembered that he was repulsed and then mm-hmm. I mis I mistyped it in my notes as revulsed. But I went back and looked and it is actually both. He is first mm-hmm. at first repulsed and then later feels abject like revulsion. Yeah, Harry felt nothing but revulsion. He wished he had not heard it, wished he could wash his mind clean of it. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, and it doesn't really delve into that too much. It doesn't really delve into the why. It kind of, which which that's the other thing that I think is really striking about this is because for the most part, when Harry does feel extremely strongly about something, the mm-hmm. text 
beats you over the head with why, right? right? Like he will go through and say, I am disgusted because. Right. And yeah. this doesn't do that here. It kind of leaves it up to you to um, to think about why he does. Um, and I'm a little bit stumped by it. And I have like a few, uh, like I guess a few thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, my first is that because the text doesn't, um, seek to explain or like explain why it thinks that that is the reaction that you should be having. <laughs> like it, that it's, it that thinks, it's a given. Yeah. That it thinks that's the reader's um, reaction, but it is odd that it would say like, as a stand in for the reader, you wish you couldn't, didn't know that information. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's, it's interesting to compare his reaction to uh, uh, Ron and Hermione's mm-hmm. because they're, I think they could, if if they were POV characters, it would probably be written the same. Because Ron, I, if I remember right, looks slightly sick, is the description. And mm-hmm. Hermione is, like, crying, right? Yeah, she's like, that's so sad. Yeah, so I think that they, are, they too, are in the, like, wish, wish I didn't have to hear this story thing zone, right? Um, but why? Yeah, I, I, like, it, it is... Like you say, it's one of those things that makes me wish that Harry was a more consistently written character, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think in a, in a vacuum, this is such a good and interesting reaction for a character to have. Mm-hmm. Because it, it does compel you to think about why. But because Harry doesn't really have that much character development for you to like pick through and compare and analyze here, it is kind of just an enigma. Yeah, I mean, I I can kind of go back through this book and I can think about his like various reactions to like the Rita Skeeter thing. And 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 typically when he would like delve into Dumbledore's past and think about it, it was it was as if he was doing it to like punish Dumbledore, right? It would be in his mm-hmm. moments of crisis mm-hmm. where he was like, I don't think Dumbledore loved me. Maybe he didn't know it was best for me. I'm going to like get back at him with this revenge of like reading right. about his like sordid past. Right. Um, and here he's decided to have faith and he is being confronted with it instead of seeking it out as like a revenge tactic. Yeah. And it, it's like, it's like, what is he revolted by? Is he revolted purely by the content of the story because it's, you know, grisly? Is he revolted by Dumbledore's behavior? Is he revolted uh, uh, by Aberforth? for like even deigning to tell him this in this fashion right Mm -hmm. like it's very there's a lot of different angles you can approach that from um that are all valid reads i think but like they're just because harry has such a little to go on as a character it's hard to really arrive at anything definitive here Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's a fascinating reaction for sure yeah, um, I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it is a like a weird thing to just like keep coming back to, and maybe it really is extremely surface level. Like it is a grisly story, mm-hmm. but it's it happened a hundred years ago too. It's it's not that's not a satisfying enough answer for me. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, though, J.K. Rowling in this book in particular is not a particularly satisfying writer a lot of the time. So that doesn't discount it, right? But, right. 
but I, but I like, I read this and I want it to be something to do with his character and his beliefs, right? Like, like, uh, I, I want it to matter that he had this reaction. Hmm. Um. Because it, it, honestly, my my biggest reaction to this is it makes him seem really immature. Mm. Um. Is 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 to me, him, that this reads as like a a as, as a revulsion that he has to deal with this. And that yeah. he is not simply being helped, right? I and just want to go to Hogwarts. I just want to go to Hogwarts. I know Dumbledore's a good guy. Um, why are you telling me this? Why is the story so gross? Why are you in my way? Um, because I think that is a uh, 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 why Aberforth is so like sure that he is not ready to go to Hogwarts, right? And is saying like, "You, you are a kid. You are seventeen. It's over." go save yourself right mm-hmm. um and and i think that that is maybe what harry is in like my most charitable interested read on this is that i i think that this is like kind of proving aberforth correct in a way is like yeah harry is a like a a, a bratty child here mm-hmm. like he doesn't want to hear about this old guy's life he wants to go to hogwarts <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I have two kind of, like, non-charitable reads of it. Go, yeah, um, go, let's do it, yeah. One is that um, J.K. Rowling chickened out um, <laughs> and uh, was, and, and really, uh, this is Harry reacting to um, sordid romance. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. The the visceral disgust of um of Dumbledore's like boyhood Nazi romance, right? Yeah, because the, because it is a visceral reaction, right? Yeah, and it's and it is if we listen to her, if we listen to what she said, this is a a romance gone wrong uh, that got someone killed. Yeah, and um, and and if and if we believe her, take her at her word, she knew this at the time. Yes. Uh, which, which uh, up until now, I've kind of dismissed. But the more I think about it, and and the more I read of this book, I think, well, maybe she was not lying, just kind of omitting why she felt that way, right? Right. And also, like, it, it feels like there's... It's weird that the goat thing is brought up again. And I understand that it's like a reference, but it is... Um, it feels like there's a missing piece here. Uh, and I know it's just sort of a joke, but in this in this whole thing with Aberforth, it's a joke that is suddenly becoming real, right? Like, um, and I'm not saying like Aberforth definitely fucked his goats or anything, right? The part I don't, that's I weird, don't know. The part that's weird is that um, in this story about how little he thinks of Dumbledore, he never points out that like. Uh, yeah, he also told everyone that I fuck goats. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the thing, the piece that's missing in this chapter is the other shoe, which is like Dumbledore spread spread rumors about me having uh, this, these, like being into bestiality. Well, wait till you hear what fucked up uh, romantic thing Dumbledore did when he was a kid mm. like that that's the like it, it feels mm. like there's like a one two here but something is missing um, yeah and it feels like there is a lurid detail that he's leaving out of this story that yeah. is the other shoe i guess 
That's yeah. my that's my like sort of conspiracy theory about this. Uh no, I don't think that's that conspiratorial, really. I, I, again, that would be a very interesting part of these people's characters if they were characters, right? Mm-hmm. If Dumbledore had been so God, I mean, like J.K. Rowling is not the writer who could do this, right? But like, if <laughs> if if Dumbledore was meant to be like a reflexively like homophobic character because he associates homosexuality with like this Nazi guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he like subconsciously invents other like sexual deviances to accuse his brother of, right? Right. That's a very interesting character, right? Like that's yeah. that that's something. I don't think that's what happened here. I, and I don't I certainly don't think that J.K. Rowling is the the writer who could like write that at all, right? Clearly not. But but you're not wrong in that there is a completely missing element here because we as the audience have only been introduced to Aberforth as like uh Dumbledore's weird brother who fucks goats. Yeah. And, like, that's not even me being, like, crass for the sake of a joke. That is J.K. Rowling's joke. Like, like she has... I mean, there's that inner... Remember that, <laughs> that like, uh, interview she did that was, like, on Blue Peter or, like, some other kid's show? Where, yeah, I, where... I read that quote uh, last night because I was yeah. reading all up on this. And I, I think it's actually pretty funny. Because, oh like, yeah, no, it's it's a funny moment where where the this little girl, she's like she's like this girl asks what's with what's with the goat. Yeah. And JK Rowling's like knee-jerk response to her is how old are you? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and she and then like the girl the little girl is 8 years old and JK Rowling says, "Oh, he was doing um illegal charms to make the horns like extra shiny and long, and that is my answer to you." <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that, that's you didn't make funny. that last part up. That is the quote. Is, right. Is, uh-huh. That is my answer to you, an eight-year-old. Right. Like, yeah. Um. Yeah. So this this is not like I don't know. This is this is this isn't us going like Voldemort probably jacked off to make the Horcruxes. <laughs> right. And like, this is like this is like no. J.K. Rowling is pretty explicitly like cracked this joke about Aberforth. Right. Yeah. Whether, whether or not Dumbledore is lying, right. Like whether mm-hmm. or not like Dumbledore is telling the truth mm-hmm. that Aberforth fucks goats or he spread that rumor mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, that does. does it's unsatisfying either way. Yeah. Because it's like either, either Dumbledore told a heinous lie about his brother for a hundred years. Yeah. I mean, like, he, we, there's a scene in book four, I, f- I want to say, where he first mentions Aberforth and, and like, kind of like tells a joke about goats, right? Yeah. Like, like, like that's like the, that's when we are introduced to Aberforth mm-hmm. is Dumbledore. So it's not like, it's not like something that, uh, it's not like it was a thing that he said as a teen that he regrets let it, you know, spreading as a rumor right uh so if it's true uh uh harry it's funny that harry has to like have this big argument with aberforth that doesn't just end with like don't care didn't ask plus you fuck goats right like (laughs) neither from neither angle does this resolve Mm -hmm. so i i i i don't know why it's there or or what the truth is meant to be, but it's... 
that's a weird thing about a character to leave hanging, I will say. Right. The Super Carlin Bros, legendary Harry Potter theory uh, YouTubers, ah, made yes. this, like, extremely, what, like, like video about how, like, no, Aberforth doesn't fuck goats. He is... It's all about Norse mythology. You, yeah, you linked me that video and I felt like I had clicked the wrong thing. <laughs> because he was, hey, brother, there's a fucking Norse goat in mythology. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that, okay, I clicked the, I clicked an Assassin's Creed video instead. Nope. Nope, nope, it was the Harry Potter theory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, uh... I, I, you you can drop a lot of plot. Like, what are the most infamous dropped plots for you? Like in anything? What what do you what do you? Think? Oh, like ever? Yeah. What's what's a dropped character oh, trait gosh. or plot that bothers you, or that you think about? Uh, I you have to give me like a day to think about it. Okay. Because do you have a do you have one that sticks out to you? So this isn't one that I personally got stuck on, but this is the one I always think of. Right, mm, which is mm-hmm. uh. The first season of Breaking Bad really wanted you to know that um, uh, uh, Hank's wife was a kleptomaniac. Okay. Which is a plotline that does not materialize again until the final season, I think. Oh. And it's it's pretty minor when it does show up. But, like, mm-hmm. it was just, like, that 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 was a, a thing that it showed you and then just sort of dropped for a while. And, like, it was definitely a thing that was forgotten, but also, it's not that big of a deal, right? Because it's like, well, I guess this is a this is a, uh, a, a a crime show about like drug guys. I guess I don't really care if sure. Marie is a klepto or not. Yeah, saying a character like fucks goats and then like <laughs> not resolving that one way, like not saying like yes he does and that's fucked up, or no he doesn't and it was a fucked up lie that dumb. Like that is not a question that I can let go really right like well especially because in this chapter like I, like i'm fine with like off-color jokes that pop up every once yeah. in a while like whatever sure um yeah. but this is the chapter where it's like here here it's real and it's like here it's serious and and like has a goat patronus yeah right so what's and, the deal and we're and we're getting the quote-unquote real story so so it is hard not to feel like it's like okay what is the other shoe here because because if the other shoe is indeed that like not only did dumbledore like neglect uh this sister that that aberforth deeply cares for but also continued for the next hundred years to like spread a horrible rumor about him that probably like ruined his career in life right uh I, yeah, hell yeah, I'd be fucking mad at Dumbledore and and Harry Potter appearing to tell me, well, actually, he was sad when he died. That doesn't fucking matter. I, who, who cares? Good. Like, I, I'm glad he was sad. And he should be sad. And I hope he's burning in hell. Right. Because, like, if you're that if you're that guy, if you're that guy who has been on the receiving end of that, why does that matter? Oh, he right. was sad. Wow. Did, oh, did baby die a little bit? Oh, did someone did someone drink the bone hurting juice and die? Like, like I just who, I just I just who really, cares? Like, like was it supposed was there supposed to be like the real story here? Was it supposed to be like Harry is like, hey, do you fuck goats? And he's like, well, yeah, but um, wait till you hear about this. Dumbledore's gay, right? Yeah, like is that what it is? Right. Like what was the what was the like uh, what way was this supposed to manifest? Mm-hmm. 
Harry not, yeah, it not getting brought up at all, either for Aberforth to deny or confirm or for it to be used against it. Like, again, there are a lot of plots and character details you can drop, but this is a difficult one to just leave hanging. But I can't just not know. Right. And really fucked up to invoke just as, like, again, same as, it's the same deal with the Ariana stuff. It's not a story. It is just something gross and lurid and, like, disturbing for you to think about. And that's it. It's just like, hey, hey, you want to, you want to, like, it's it's like an author telling you, hey, you want to see a dead body? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's about the value it has. Right. It's, I don't know, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's very, um, it's pointless. It's pointless and gross and childish, honestly. Yeah. Um, my other read of it is that, um, this is, that Harry, Harry's reaction with disgust, um, is the same way that J.K. Rowling feels when, whenever anyone, like, criticizes Winston Churchill on Twitter. (laughs) This is your most realistic one, I think. Like, for real. Like, yeah. I, I think that, I mean, we've talked about, like, Great Man Theory as, like, a core part of both Dumbledore's character and, like, Harry Potter's, like, thematics as a whole. And this feels like a reckoning with, like, when any whenever anyone, like, posts, like, a DAE, like, Winston Churchill did, like, X, like, you know, horrible, horrible thing, genocide, etc., and someone like J.K. Rowling sees that and is like, well, well, yeah, but I don't want to hear about it. And like, it, it, it's like necessary evil in the world to produce great men. It's very like patriarchal and and like it's the, weird. It's the thing. It's like the bit, the, like the 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 really famous like epic Winston Churchill moment where it's like, oh, so, such as such as wife said that Winston Churchill was was rude or whatever and he fired back well, well you're an ugly cunt or whatever right like mm-hmm. it's and everyone's like whoa he was so cool dude like right like whoa he was badass he did he 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 would say it like he meant it yeah and it's like okay it just sounds kind of sounds like a fucking asshole to me but okay sure um, yeah yeah i i i think that is not a unrealistic read i think that 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 he is he is being presented with um information that taints his vision of his hero yeah but but his his response isn't to have the vision tainted it's the i don't want to hear this yeah no but i think that that is that, that is to someone who truly believes in the you know we have to have these great men right uh huh I think that that is, like, the most you can allow yourself, right? Yeah. Is feeling revolted and being like, man, it's a bummer that Winston Churchill said that stuff about this guy's wife all the time, but he did do World War II pretty good, I guess. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, that's the bargain you're making. Um, and and I, th- I think that that is, like, a very telling response for Harry to have in the text is to feel the like you say the visceral response right the like Mm -hmm. oh i don't like that response but not actually doing anything about it or allowing that to 
factor into his actual worldview, right? Yeah, insofar that that is also the test, right? Is the yes. test that that you don't um don't consider whatever for you yeah, say. You have here. you have to look at the greater good, which is what Grindelwald the bad guy said, but I guess also if you do if if you zoom out even further and you realize that the greater good is actually better than Grindelwald's greater good. The greater good. good is good as long as it's you're the real good guy. The real good guy, not the bad good guy. Right. It's not the bad guy's greater good. You want to go with the good guy's <laughs> the greater good. The good guy's greater good. Tired of looking at bad screen. Want, <laughs> want to look at good greater good instead. Yeah. Yeah. But but I do I do like in looping around to the very first thing I said about Harry's like disgust reaction is that I do think it is um uh, J.K. Rowling taking for granted that that is our reaction because she takes for granted that we also subscribe to this like same like very patriarchal vision of the world. My dear, you are ugly, but tomorrow I shall be sober and you will still be ugly. Winston Churchill tops pole of history's funniest insults. Wow, epic. That's kind of, yeah. Again, like like I'm sure that J.K. Rowling is the committed feminist she is. Hears that and goes, oh, I am revolted by that. <laughs> but Winston Churchill overall, great guy. Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, like it probably is that too. Like it's, it's not like, like strip mining India or anything. Right. Like it's not, it's not anything else that Winston Churchill did that like materially way worse than being a rude prick. Mm-hmm. But like that's probably the thing that that, that J.K. Rowling thinks about when she thinks about like criti- <laughs> people who criticize Winston Churchill aren't like criticizing his policy. They're just like, well, you have to look beyond the rude guy and see that he was good at being a politician. When it's like, no, people criticizing him think he was also a bad politician, right? Like, it's it's missing the forest for the trees in reverse. Mm-hmm. But I but I also think that like. I think that someone like her thinks that guys like that have to exist. Like yeah. they just have to. It's like yeah. how how do you fight how do you fight wizard wizard Grindelwald wizard Hitler if you don't have have wizard Dumbledore? I mean, this this all comes back to this book being a um a Chaucer reference mm-hmm. because the Pardoner's Tale, <laughs> a very a very common interpretation of the of the Pardoner's Tale is that Chaucer was either advocating for or satirizing, depending on which angle (laughs) you're approaching the analysis from, um, the idea that, like, you know, God chooses imperfect vessels, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that is the, like, that is the thing that that the the partner in the story uh, is... um, uh, it, 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 like like his character, he is a revolting old man. He is uh, a cheat and a liar, and um, uh, he is telling a moral tale to right. the the knight and the other. I can't remember off the top of my head, but like he, like he is telling he is a very bad person imparting a morality tale onto these other people, and they keep questioning, "What right do you have to tell me this?" Yeah, and. I I think that that is a real important part of um her, J.K. Rowling's like inspirations for writing this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is that she she was very clearly very fascinated by the Partner's Tale and the idea of 
imperfect vessels and uh, 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 the necessity to have great works performed by uh, uh, you know bad people, right? Um, and so I, I I don't know I I I guess I guess I'm kind of stalling out here on this one because we haven't finished the book yet and I don't know <laughs> I, I don't know exactly where the where the Chaucer references go but like that 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 feels pretty clear to me yeah is, it, is that that is kind of what the the Dumbledore Deathly Hallows Chaucer connection is mm-hmm. yeah it, you know it's a bummer that this chapter is a shell game because I think that it has <laughs> some interesting stuff in it totally. and and for like better or worse like I I feel like the 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 worst impulses that she has is to assume that everyone reading this book like agrees with her implicitly um, but when she writes stuff like this, it ends up being more interesting because she doesn't go out of her way to explain some stuff that I think that she takes for granted. For instance, Harry's like disgust at hearing the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's good, but it's interesting. It's, it's incredible how much of like her id shows through in a chapter that I think is like actively trying to hide it if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah um uh, it, 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 it because it is a shell game and it is a trick and it is avoiding the actual hard question about this story mm-hmm. um by just having you know having harry railroad the conversation into i need to go to hogwarts um but i think that all that railroading can't they can't hide the scenery right like we mm-hmm. we are the train is whipping past some real interesting ideas on the way there, so uh, she can't she can't completely paper it over. I guess I don't, I don't know. It's it's like you said, a lot of interesting ideas in this chapter. Yeah, I'm so scared to uh, learn anything more in the Fantastic Beasts films. Yeah, oh God, can you fucking imagine? Are we? <laughs> I we better. Are... I better fucking not learn anything more about this because well, I do not want to know. We. I mean, I think in the next Deathly Hallows movie, we do get a, like a reenactment of this like tragedy happening of Ariana mm. dying. Um, mm-hmm. But who's to say if she? There won't... have been a lot of fan films. <laughs> There are many fan films about this fight and and also the uh the fallout thereof. Um and I wonder I really wonder if if that's that's where the next film is going to go. If we're going to delve into cuz as as we learned in Crimes of Grindelwald the second movie, J.K. Rowling is not afraid to like make her movies about the fucked up shit as well. Which again was also entirely an abstract and happening to characters who weren't characters. Mm-hmm. none of this stuff can ever happen to a character we have to see like victims are just objects to jk rowling like right the these things don't happen to people Mm-mm. these things happen to like extras in the world right if a tragedy happens to you you are not a character you are like a, a, a like someone else's character development Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that is only going to manifest in worse and worse ways as this, as this series continues. It could be good though, if like the whole plot of the third movie is that like Mads Mikkelsen kidnaps, uh, Jude Law Dumbledore and then like <laughs> spends the whole movie like interrogating him and like making him tell, tell the story to him. Like if they're like across from a table and he's like, tell me Dumbledore. Do you think the big reveal in, in the Grindelwald movies is going to be that 
Albus definitely for sure killed her on accident. Because Aberforth is like, it could have been any of us. Who knows? Which is, <laughs> the description of this three-way duel is like comedy to me. It shouldn't be. It's the yeah. big like emotional moment, but it's just, it sounds absurd. Well, if it, it, it doesn't help that you're like, if you're thinking about how the movie duels work. Right. There's no non-funny looking way for this to be happening. Three guys bumbling around, firing lasers at each other. And then Ariana like walks in and starts to yell. Like there's just, it, there's no non hilarious way that this plays out. Mm-hmm. But like, that's gotta be it. That's gotta be like the big twist is, is that I think, you know, Dumbledore and, and Grindelwald are going to have some, like a lot of stare downs. Right. But Grindelwald knows the truth. And perhaps, perhaps he even like forces him to relive it in a pensive or something. He's like, I don't, you, you pulled the trigger, my friend. It was you. You did it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but maybe it'll be a lie, and um, uh, Credence is going to be um, the like unknown gunman because he's a Dumbledore. <laughs> there, there was he's a... on the he's on the grassy knoll. There... And then Dumbledore, like Albus, would be like, "We didn't kill her." No, oh, what it was a Credence Dumbledore. But he never tells Aberforth. No, they don't talk. Do you think we see Aberforth in the movies? We're gonna get young Aberforth. We probably should, right? Yeah, it would be weird if we didn't. I guess. Whatever. What the fuck ever? We've gone real long on this chapter, but it was a very, very. Uh, hefty one i would say mm-hmm. content wise mm-hmm. but i think it's time for us to take a quick break uh and then come back and uh and uh, kind of cleanse our cleanse our palates perhaps drink some void mouthwash mm-hmm. and uh and and do something a little more wholesome what do you say sounds good Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Tis the reason for the season. Uh, it's it's season time. You know what it is. D- ding December. dong, ding dong, ring the Hogwarts bell. <laughs> ding dong, ding dong, ring the Hogwarts bell. Han- I Hanukkah started today, right? Happy Hanukkah to yeah. all of our, our Hanukkah celebrating listeners. I hope that you put on the incredible Dan Fogler song. Yeah, it rules. Over at wizardingworld.com. They are preparing for the Christmas season. And I did not realize how much they were going to do for this. <laughs> uh, and by that, I mean, I did not realize they were going to do anything. Um, yeah. Uh, because they have not only posted a little reminder of uh, what Wizarding World Gold members can expect this month. It's not uh, the gold. The gold. It's not gold anymore. Or is it again? They're. Wait. It's the Harry Potter fan club. Formerly Wizarding World Gold. Oh, no. Someone didn't get the memo. Harry Potter Gold member. If you're... Oh, I forgot. It's both. Uh, Because this... Okay. All right. All right. They they know what they're doing. They're Mm -hmm. they're straddling the line here between both, both brandings. Okay. So... 
uh, they have not only te- brought us a little teaser of what to expect for gold members, um, they have also enlisted some celebrity help, and it seems that they have uh, provided a new Christmas Great Hall experience for us to to take part in. Wonderful. So we're going to walk through... Uh, this 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 little bounty of Christmas cheer they've brought us, starting with what's coming up for gold members this month. <laughs> if you're a gold member of the Harry Potter fan club, you might be interested to learn what content we have in store for you this December. Alongside all your usual benefits, our app is always full of extra surprises for gold members. Here's a sneak peek into what this month will bring as we approach Christmas. If you're not a gold member and would like to find out more about Harry Potter Fan Club and Gold, here's our lowdown on all the benefits. So that takes us to what we read last time we were on the Wizarding World page, where they changed everything from Wizarding World Gold to Fan Club? Question mark. Right. Well, they're starting with a fucking banger here. Are you ready? Yeah. More word searches and crosswords. Surely you can play word searches and crosswords online for free. It's pretty easy to find a damn crossword online. Uh, <laughs> perhaps not one that is uh, in the Harry Potter app, but holy shit. Uh, what a what a lame, <laughs> lame thing to start this with. As the winter evenings roll in, why not grab a duvet and snuggle up with a good puzzle? Gold members can... Exp- Uh, Expect weekly crosswords and word searches into the Harry Potter Fan Club official app. For December, expect things to get chilly with winter-themed puzzles coming your way and some general knowledge weekly puzzle drops, too. Gold members also get more variation. Like general Harry Potter knowledge, right? Just... Or just general knowledge. I I imagine Harry Potter knowledge. You're going to say, what is it that Harry has to catch to win Quidditch? Mm -hmm. And you'll say it's the snitch, and it'll say, good job. Bravo. Okay. Gold members also get more variation in difficulty, so you can try your hand at some extra hard ones. Okay, so you can pay to make the puzzles harder. <laughs> Great. Fiendish quizzes. Test your knowledge on the Wizarding World with our weekly extra hard quizzes. These fiendish little trivia challenges are certainly not for the faint of heart. Trivia? Trivia. Okay. Yeah, okay. So you're not, I'm, I'm hearing you're not super into the word searches and crosswords and also mm-hmm. not into the trivia. No, you're not. You're not being sold on a, on a gold subscription. Mm-mm. All right. Well, maybe you will be by the end of this article, because next up we've got op eds from Wizarding World fans. Please no. When it comes to the Harry Potter books, so many of us have personal cl- connections to these stories. For gold members, we'd like to share some of these stories with you with regular op ed articles to be found in the features section of the Wait, app. Wait, they're hiding op eds from me. They're. <laughs> They're making you subscribe. They're to read publishing op eds that I can't read. <laughs> Someone send me the op eds, please. Please, if anyone bought this so they could get the fancy acrostic, let us know what the op eds are like. I mean, this is crazy though, right? Because, like, do you know? Can how I submit m- one? Oh, hmm. I wonder. It doesn't say anything about that, but I wonder how you. How you get in? Like invite people to do op eds. See, I don't know. Like it's not their staff, right? It's like an 
Well, not really an opinion column, but a... For December, we'll be looking at the first Harry Potter film with one of our writers discussing what makes Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone a perfect Christmas film. That has quite a slant. So it's, it is their writers. Oh. Their writers are writing one op-eds of our that writers are hidden? Discussing what makes... Yeah, what? Wait, they're hiding more ads. Yeah, they're, they're making b- you b- pay it's for ads. ads behind a paywall. You... This don't, don't fall for this. Yeah, this is this is nuts. Like I would I would at least like understand if it was like when it comes to Harry Potter books, so many of have personal collect- connections to these stories. So we've got like B- Benedict Cumberbatch. What does Harry Potter mean to him? Uh we got Daniel Radcliffe to write something. We got Yeah, but like I don't know g- g- get get like some celebs in here. <laughs> I guess. I mean, like, okay, okay. <laughs> that that's like, again, similar to how we were talking about how this chapter, like, didn't even raise to the level of uh, woman dies for man's character development. Right. We can't even get, like, celebrities to, like, chill for Harry Potter. <laughs> I think that what, ma- what, what just, like, boils my blood about stuff like this and, like, hiding their ads behind a paywall is that the only people that fall for that, well, ugh. I was going to say the only people that fall for that is, like, children. But I guess the only people who are, like... I feel like children are preyed on by this sort of thing. Yeah, all, except all that this it. is... They're not even good at it. Because you know, you know, like, what's, what's like, effective, like, predatory business on children? It's, like, gotcha games. It, it, right. It's like, it's, like, Fortnite rotating the store every day to make yeah. you log in to like like they've got that down to a science over over at Fortnite world and in, yeah. in, in gotcha world harry potter they suck at it <laughs> hey kids do you want to read some fucking op-eds from from our <laughs> writers true. it's not even it's not even like they got like a it's not like hey we got pewdiepie or we got we got one of the bears from five nights at freddy's to to write an op-ed about harry potter it's just like i <laughs> Here's some un. Here's some. Here's you in when in ten years when you're out of college and can only get like gig writing jobs. This will be you, kid. Right. Like, gr- a grim vision of the future for the children they're selling this to. It just it again is making me very sad about like the the. This is gonna make me sound so old, but just like how every <laughs> like all internet is just like five websites now, yeah. and I just I like when I was a teen and was very interested in in this sort of thing, I would spend hours reading what people would write about Harry Potter and like having arguments and like writing essays <laughs> on live journal mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like no, like no, I don't want to pay ninety dollars to read like fluff pieces that are just like <laughs> top 10 reasons harry potter is the perfect christmas movie like fuck off it's an ad <laughs> it's so boring what an incredible pitch from the archive this magic behind the scenes app of the harry potter films is just as enchanting as what the magic behind oh okay they've made an app for the war for the like archival stuff they've they've got an app now instead of the website where you can read your ebooks that you get for subscribing that you definitely don't already have Mm -hmm. you've got the workshop which is the mina lima shit yeah and you've got from from the archive Uh uh-huh which it says in our app we have a whole special bank of movie extras for you to binge 
No! So it's the shit from the DVDs. No! I'm not going to pay for the DVD extras. They can't trick me. It's They're already on the DVD. This is why, by the way, did I, 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 a few weeks ago when Robbie Coltrane um, was, was talking shit online, I went to try and find that clip of him from the DVDs for Chamber of Secrets where he was being a huge bitch about not getting enough screen time. Yeah. And they've removed all of those from YouTube because of because of this from the archive thing, because they want you oh, to Oh, because they've hit it behind a paywall. Yeah. I yeah. see. So they don't want you to just look up the DVD extras like you used to be able to. Yeah, you have to pay uh, $80 a year to watch them if you don't have the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Enchanted Keys. If you're a gold member, you'll have a copy of our special Keys and Curios. Okay, so this isn't even a fucking new thing. This isn't a thing for this month. This is, hey... Uh, you can get the book with the acrostic in it. Well, you can scan special enchanted keys to unlock magical surprises with your device. Oh. But we don't want to spoil any of the surprises for you. Flip through the pages and see for yourself, and please give us $90. And there's a picture of someone scanning the pages here. And what a... Are they trying to tell me that if I buy this book and subscribe... It's you you will get a really low poly model of Hogwarts on your phone. Yeah. Incredible. Fascinating. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. All right. Well, I guess there is one celebrity who they're trying to tempt everyone with Ooh. this year. And it's not Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm sorry to say. That's so sad. And it's not Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. It is Liam Payne of, <laughs> of One Direction fame. Uh, to prove how old I am. I forgot who Liam Payne was uh, before we started the episode. I was like, is he from One Direction? Is he from the other one? I didn't Um, really know what I meant by the other one. (laughs) I, you know, to be to be fair, um, I did read an 800 page book about Harry Styles. uh, And Liam Payne was definitely also a character in the book. Um, but I could not remember if he was in One Direction, so... <laughs> well, I also just realized what it definitely was in my brain that I was thinking of when I thought the other one, and it was Jonas Brothers. And I was going to ask, oh, was the- Liam Payne a Jonas <laughs> Brother? <laughs> Which is a fairly self-evident question. No, he is not. <laughs> uh, I feel like Liam Payne must not be one of the popular One One Direction boys. I feel but- like you might be right, but also that that might be a really dangerous thing to say. Is like, it, what are? Okay, I'm just gonna. So I know that One Direction fans are called One Directioners, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to remember. Don't, don't be mad at us. We're just old. <laughs> yeah, it's Harry, Harry Styles. Yeah. That's a good name. Mm. And I, I would 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 Liam Payne fans call themselves One Directioners, or would they be like, "Oh, we're the Paniacs"? Mm. Well, like the Swifties. I mean, I think it depends on whether they follow, like, because Harry Styles like has a, a pretty successful solo career now. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of broke off from being like, "I'm a One Directioner," but I feel like One Directioners had like a favorite, a favorite boy. Maybe? Isn't there... Don't K-pop stands have, like, a term for that? Your bias? I don't know. I think. I don't know. Who was... Was that... Uh, all, all, all I know is I read that Harry Styles book, <laughs> and uh, for, through 
through no fault of the One Direction boys, they give me bad vibes now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I simply don't trust them, and that's so you, not. You their have fault. a different. That none of them are your bias. You just have a bias against them. Yeah. Well, in this <laughs> this news this story news story from the Wizarding World, it's you know announcing Liam Payne. Um, and he's like sitting in like a leather armchair, and there's like a Christmas tree in the background. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like leaned forward mm-hmm. with, a, I, su- I suppose it's supposed to be like a slight smile, like it's a welcome welcoming, to, welcome yeah. to the. And I'm, but I'm just getting bad vibes. You're just like I'm in after right now, right? He's he's about. I'm to, being threatened. Yeah, <laughs> he's about to tell me the doors are locked. Oh God. Um. This year, to help us celebrate Wizarding World uh, Christmas in the Wizarding World, we're asking you to join us in a digital great hall to cast a magical message. Singer, songwriter, and Lifetime Harry Potter fan Liam Payne launched the experience today to show you how it's done. Today, we're introducing Deck the Great Hall, a communal, interactive Wizarding World experience to try out this Christmas season to bring you all together from across the world. There are two main ways you can help us bring some magic into the Great Hall this Christmas. First, you can send a Christmas message to a special someone, or perhaps just a general message to everyone in the form of a floating candle. What my, can I do? What? I'm, How are, what? <laughs> my demon horns are activating right now. I don't, I don't understand any of these words. You'll be asked to cast Wingardium Leviosa on your <laughs> candle so it can gracefully float away to join the others. Is this okay. Watanagashi? Are yes. we are we putting our our wishes our prayers to Oyashiro-sama in the river here? I mean, is I that... think we're putting our sins in, on the candle and then just letting them go or becoming purified. Did they just make? There was that game that came out, Kind Words or whatever. Oh or like, yeah, that came out recently. Did they, they did they just rip that off? Maybe. Secondly, you can decorate your very own Hogwarts Christmas tree in your favorite house color. Simply use the charm Locomotor to navigate the baubles and download your tree when you're done. Oh my god, we're going to have some fun Uh, As for your festive message, this will appear on a candle among many, many other Harry Potter fans' messages, all available for you to explore across the Great Hall's enchanted ceilings. You will also be able to share your message with the hashtag, hashtag WizardingWorldChristmas. Again, my demon horns are growing. (laughs) Huge demon horns right now. It's amazing that Liam did this for us. Yeah, thank you, Liam. Singer and self-confessed Harry Potter aficionado Liam Payne did the honors of launching the first candle. Wait, what did he say? I guess there's a video here. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, sorry. Yeah, there's a video we we can find out. Uh, Joined by TikTok sensation Abby Roberts for a Yuletide chat. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Uh, Liam spoke of why the experience is so magical and of course his love of Harry Potter I'm going to hit play on this video mm-hmm. oh are you watching Hi, everyone. Yeah, I am I don't know about you but I'm feeling Christmassy already Christmas he's feeling Christmassy since I had my son actually it's all about the kids and it's a lot of fun one of the best okay. things about Christmas is being able to connect with friends and family and if you can't send a little message at Christmas then when can you I'm if so you can't send a little message at Christmas, when can you? Uh, anytime you want, <laughs> Liam. A text message. A text message, perhaps. It's called Deck the Great Hall, and it's an interactive way for Harry Potter fans like myself to send messages to people we care about and get virtual Hogwarts ready for Christmas. Ooh. My first floating Christmas candle message in the Great Hall is going to be for my son, Bear, to say you've been a very, very good boy this year, and I hope you get Christmas. <laughs> Another Christmas candle message from me. 
What the fuck is happening? Hey, he's, how are you? Oh, he's calling TikTok. He's calling yeah, TikTok. Good, thank you. So I thought I'd send you uh, like a different kind of Christmas card this year. Something I'm going to send you a different magical. kind of Christmas it? card this yeah, year. I got the floating candle. I love it so much. Every time I watch Harry Potter, I'm going to be like, that's my candle. This is the only way I'm sending this messages now. Everyone's going to get my <laughs> floating <laughs> candle message. <laughs> no more texting. All right, let's see you soon. How do we bye. get it? Bye, bye, bye. I've also left the Christmas message for all of you. See if you can find it from the clue below. Check out. Wait, oh, you have to find the message? I, how does. Merry Christmas. I'm Wait, excited. No, to I want to write a works. message. He said he, we, we, can, we can find his message. Okay. But I thought we were sending them to people. Are we, are we just like sending. Whatever. I mean, is it just in the Wizarding World app? Yeah, so I guess let's find out. I'm going to. I'm, I'm, I'm entering the Great Hall. I'm turning. I'm I have not... to log in every single time. <laughs> None of my other apps work that way. <laughs> Merry Christmas from the Wizarding World. I don't remember my password. How old are you? It's asking me. I'm slowly. I'm going. I'm 28 years old. I'm old. I consent to the collection of my yes. Collect my data. Okay, so there's three buttons that I'm observing here. Okay. Enter the Great Hall. Find candle. Browse candles. Let's see. Well, can we see what other people are writing on their candles? I think that's what we can do if we browse the can. Or wait, or is that? No, that's entering the. Let's enter the Great Hall. That's the big button. Let's do that first. Whoa. Okay. So we're in the Great Hall. It's like a. 2D, there's just a bunch of candles floating. What do you want to do? Cast a magical message or decorate the tree? We want to, ma we want to send a message, right? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Cast a magical message. Trace the charm to summon a candle. What? Okay. All right. This is a very flash website. What is your name? We need only your first name or whichever you choose for yourself. Will we treat cast? This will be our official podcast message. This is beautiful. Yeah. Ugh. This message is for someone special or is it for everyone? It's for everyone. This is for everyone. Once published, everyone who visits the Great Hall will be able to see it. What? <laughs> yes. We're posting. <laughs> You're posting. What do we post? It has I'm assuming that it's not gonna let us say anything with a bad word in it, so we're gonna yeah. have to, we're, we'll have to carefully craft this. I'm trying really hard to like see other people's messages because I'm very curious. Um, but is I, that the I'm browse having, candles button? I'm having a nightmare navigation time on this website. Browse candles, please. It just keeps playing this video over. <laughs> over again of entering the great hall let me back let's wait let's go to candles okay i found i found i found messages lindy's message for bella nina kate sadie which sounds like they're sending a message but it also specifies who it's for hello my loves thank you for dealing with my crazy harry potter obsession and i'm so excited to watch the rest of the movies together love you this is HT's message for ST. Merry Christmas to the love of my life. Here's to many more. And then there's a bunch of broken emojis because I don't think this supports emojis. <laughs> Sabrina's message for Draco Malfoy. Ooh. 
my love, I miss you every day. I hope you will be okay. Remember that I will always be on your side. Love you, Sabrina. Oh, my goodness. So you can maybe put a little love letter in here. You put a love letter to a character in here. Mm-hmm. Julia's message for everyone. Hope you have an amazing Christmas. Thank you, Cute. Julia. Cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking for, like, a funny one. And they're all very sincere so far. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, we... I've. It's more that I can't believe... Are we going to be the only demons in here? Are we the... I, are, there's no funny ones. The, Anonymous's <laughs> message for everyone. Did you know that at the end of Deathly Hallows Part 2, every dead body, even the Death Eaters, is lying in the Great Hall except for Snape? And have you ever wondered why Snape didn't appear when Harry used the Resurrection Stone? Very good question. It's because yeah. he's alive. That's because he's and he, a vampire. He's a vampire, and he turned into a bat and flew away. Mm-hmm. There, so there, um, there's some people kind of using this to kind of pass some some conspiracy theories around, perhaps. Do you think we should write a Christmas message to Dobby? Ooh, I like that. Oh, I, I found a One Directioner one. Uh, someone's message for Liam. Hi, Liam Payne. Just wanted to say that I love you so, so much. Hope you have a great Christmas with your husband, ZZ. Stay safe and healthy, moi. Moi. So someone that came for the One Directioner, it's like, that must have been very excited, this like combination Harry Potter One Direction uh, thing. I'm getting a little tripped out by the looping video of the candles in the background. Yeah. We're rotating between all these candles. Merry Christmas to all Potterheads. Thank you, Alice, for that one. This is my... very posy overall. Positive mental attitude here in the Hogwarts Great Hall. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're like... I mean, I'm sure that there's a pretty heavy filter on these. Gotta be. You can't put swear words in them. I wonder if these are all, like, manually approved, too. That seems like it would be so much work. Yeah, a lot of work. But, I mean, there is not a stray, not a stray message. The closest thing is that person talking about Snape. Yeah. But every single one of these is so positive. So either we are jaded demon gremlins, which is very possible. We are that. For Probable, sure. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, or or they've clamped down on this real hard. In which case, I think it's time for it. I think the only way we can sneak around if they are uh, you know, screened quite heavily is to let's write a message for Dobby. I think I think that's right on the money. We'll just tap into our um into our sincerity. We'll tap into Jack Sloper's sincere Posting. Wait, I'm getting I'm getting suspicious. Uh-huh. I just got a message I'd seen before. Uh-oh, like are they the rotating? Like the very first one. Okay. I just found oh, a but pretty... I got a new one after that, so... I just found one that just says Fred Weasley deserved better. So mm. maybe maybe these are at least somewhat genuine. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's... I'm going to back out. And... I I'm curious. Okay, I'm just kidding. God, this is this is so this is like booster packs to me. I'm opening booster packs. I'm like, show me Noah's message for Noah. Happy Christmas, baby boyfriend. I love you. <laughs> to Noah's. All right, let's let's back out. Let's make our own candle. 
Uh, hello? Website? The website is crumbling under the load of these, um, of these candles. Find candle. No, I want to m make a candle. Browse candle. No. What How does can... decorate the tree do? I don't know. Choose your house. You investigate that while I try and get the make a candle thing. Oh, I'm work. zooming into the Christmas tree. Ooh. And oh, this is oh. this has got to be why the website was not loading for me earlier. This thing is fucking hefty. Find candle. No, I want to make a candle. So I zoomed into the Christmas tree. I picked my house and then I did one of these like trace the spell with my mouse mm -hmm. for a locomotor spell. And it floated some <laughs> floated some like green and silver Christmas ornaments onto the Christmas tree. Yeah. So. Hmm. Not, did it fill you with Christmas cheer? Uh, I mean, it told me uh, to do it again. And then it says three <laughs> out of three. The tree is looking magical. Oh just need the finishing touches, but it just plays the same looped video again. Very good. All right. I, I finally navigated back to writing our own message for Dobby. Mm -hmm. So she yeah. casts message to Dobby. Yeah. What is it? Dear, dear Dobby, we miss you so much. We Can want to know what you got up to with Aberforth. That was going to be immediately my suggestion. <laughs> we we're on the same page here. Uh, dear Dobby, we miss you so much. We want to know what you got up to with Aberforth. Uh, uh, did he make you eat bread and cheese <laughs> and nothing else? Or did you cook a big Christmas dinner? We got some other, we got some space to add to this. What R.I.P. Dobby. R.I.P. Dobby. Share our message and the candle Away it goes. Oh, I have to do Wingardium Leviosa. Ooh, 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 okay. Remember to swish and flick. Just thinking about it. Okay, there goes our candle. Wonderful. You I wonder how many how many candles there are. Uh your oh, this is definitely heavily filtered. It just says your magical message has been sent. We will now get it ready to be sent off with your very own enchanted candle. Would you <laughs> like us to let you know when it's ready? Yes. Yes. Notify. Okay. So yeah. Uh, There's nothing bad in there. Yeah. That was an earnest message. We were normal. not. We were not. <laughs> we're not demons. <laughs> we're normal. It's normal. It's a normal thing to say. It's a normal thing to say. Merry Christmas to Dobby. <laughs> okay. Magic, magic, magical message has been sent. Uh, I, I'm very confused about what this is for because there's the other part of this, which is like, you're, you're like, you're searching for candles, right? Like, like he, he Liam told us that this is a way to share. If you can't send a magical message to someone at this time of year, when can you? Um, well, and again, yeah. I, I invite him to 
check out some of the features on his cell phone. Um, <laughs> but this doesn't seem like a very effective means of communication. Can you, like, link to the candle? I mean, I guess ours hasn't been sent yet. It yeah. seems to be going through some sort of moderation process. So I now have, like, a should. thing in an inventory, which is my candle. Yeah, but can you, like, post a link to like, embed a link on Twitter to it? It Yes, it look. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, I see what it is. You see that the candles go to a message and you see underneath it, it says, like, candle number something. This one's candle number 2850. Okay. That I'm looking at right now. Sure. Um, I'm guessing that when your candle is, like, published, because there's a search bar here and you can enter a number. So I'm imagining what happens is you get your number when your candle is approved and then you tell someone, hey, I have a special <laughs> message for you. Go to greathall.wizardingworld.com <laughs> and let it load and then go to the search bar and type in candle number whatever and then you will see my message. Yeah. And, and, and I will await your return message in about five days. I will wait. I eagerly await <laughs> your, your, your response. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well, I hope that I hope that um, uh, I hope that our message makes it through. And I guess I guess this might be an open invitation to, to everyone listening uh, to either write Dobby or us or whoever a christmas message and let us know and then maybe we can read them next week uh or something yeah because it looks like you can there's like a, a twitter link too yeah yeah so. so let's 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 all strive to write a non-demonic message that will get <laughs> approved by whatever moderation process they have normal messages here. only please normal messages that you would like to send to us or dobby or whoever or perhaps to jk rowling uh, mm -hmm. uh, oh you know, oh. If you would like to send J.K. Rowling a message that says perhaps I don't know a, a smile emoji, send send a smile. We we can we can read some messages to us in Dobby perhaps next week if they get approved. This is so silly. It's very complicated for what it is. I love Neville Longbottom and Ron Weasley's smiley face. Aw, that's nice. Well. What a what a feature. I was not expecting this to be this in-depth. Yeah, I, I will be curious to see if ours is approved, because nothing seems to be outside the lines in any message I see except for the one you read me about Snape. Yeah, but we did okay, I think I think we're I think we're safe because we mentioned a character. Mm-hmm. Um we mentioned Christmas. Yeah. And we said R.I.P. Dobby. And that's Ernest. Right. That's from the heart. That's not a joke. Oh, I know. Um, I think the only thing that is that is maybe questionable is I did say, did Aberforth make you eat bread and cheese? <laughs> but I'm hoping. That's sincere. I'm, yeah, that's I'm sincerely <laughs> concerned for Dobby's nutrition. So. <laughs> so I hope I hope that uh, I hope that we make it through. Um, I am doing the tree decorating thing now, and you are right, it is playing the same video three times. It changes the color of the, of the ornaments, like it very, cause it's like the colors of the house and it'll switch yeah. which, which ornaments have the color sometimes. Okay. Well, 
also it so i finished it and it like yeah. some some tinsel appeared on the tree yeah i didn't even mention it because it was so it's, well, it's b- bright white so it really just kind of looks like someone tp'd the tree yeah but then it popped up a box that says for even more magic join the harry potter fan club oh it's an ad it's an ad that takes you to the 79.99 page to buy the subscription so this is their big pitch <laughs> for their fan club for more of this <laughs> what's going on what's going on wb wizarding world what are you doing the brand is very sick <laughs> <laughs> all right well we have gone very long but i'm excited i'm excited to see whether our uh our candle gets approved um but we should probably wait i found, I, wait, I found another one direction Uh-oh. one ooh, this ooh. is the last this is the last one okay. just because i like this one a lot this yeah, is yeah. stephanie's message for one direction ooh, oh, oh for all the boys okay i hope that one direction comes back eventually if they don't i just hope they're all happy i hope they all have a wonderful christmas especially liam zane and louis have who have kids louis or louis <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to see harry perform at the jingle ball hope that Niall is happy with his new girlfriend. Love, Stephanie. It's very wow. thoughtful. That's very detailed. Good for good for them. I hope the One Direction boys see that and, and feel blessed by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I need to, like, wrench myself away from clicking the candle thing here. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's really tempting to just keep on clicking it. Um, but uh, for now, what do you say? Uh, we take it to the close. Sounds good. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use it as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. We've got so much bonus content there for you. We have got book reviews. We've got movie reviews. We've got talking about anime and video games and nothing. A lot of nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. It's fun to talk about just whatever. Um, so if you want to hear us talk about whatever... Why don't you uh, head on over there? It's a little cheaper than the Wizarding World fan club, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, and Liz, what are we going to read next week? We're going to read chapter 29. It's called The Lost Diadem. Mm-hmm. Di- diadem. All right. Diadem. The Lost Diadem. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing, that important object that we know and love and have heard so much about. The Diadem. This is the Bloody Baron backstory. I swear to God. Yes. Yep. That's what's happening. That's what we're reading next. Something that I've, you know, just been dying to know. I gotta <laughs> hear more about that ghost that was mentioned two times as a joke. <laughs> He's important, it turns out. Uh, uh-huh. As exciting as that is, please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean roll seem tame But I know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise